0: Uh oh! Here comes trouble.
2: Hey, what's up? This is Tom Segura, and you're listening to
3: Izzy
4: Rock on the Tales from the Hard Side podcast.
5: Hey, this is Brendan Walsh, and you're listening to Izzy Rock on Tales from the Hard Side. Right.
6: here with my man Izzy, motherfucking rocks. So pay attention, you My
7: man Flavor. So check yourself before you wreck yourself. So, 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 so. These are tales from the hard side, painted so vivid. Kicking real life stories, not woven or knitted. Izzy Rock brings that rawness to all who listen. Dropping heavy knowledge, knowledge, and sharing some wisdom. Going down that rough road only makes you tougher. It's a beautiful struggle, sometimes we suffer, let the people know, you aren't in this alone, this talk is deep, it cuts down to the bone, no fakeness here, this as real as it gets, hazardous on the mic, kick it live and direct, spread that vibe everywhere, all across the globe, the The idea's real simple, there's no secret code, reach out to the people, spread that positive energy, cause we're all looking for a little bit of serenity, whatever little part of this planet you live in, these tales from the hard side are now transmitting. transmitting, transmitting, To
8: the hard side. Hard side. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 190 of Tales from the Hard Side. Uh, I want to thank you all for listening. Thank you all for downloading. Uh, however, you found the podcast, I appreciate it. Today, when it's released, is Tuesday, October 13th, 2015. This podcast is released every Tuesday and it's been going since 2012. So we're almost at 200. So. I've some. Um, I've recorded some podcasts the past week, and I think we're going to end this series of podcasts uh, with, some, with some good episodes. Uh, in fact, I did one with my son, Christian. Uh, we actually sat down and talked, and it was a real deep conversation, my 16-year-old son, Christian. But I want to just give you some updates and then talk about this podcast a little bit. Jim um, City Podcast is rolling along. We're releasing three episodes a week mondays wednesdays and fridays so if you guys are in the dayton ohio area please go check those out uh, we talk about it i mean this episode Ladyfest fest dayton part two uh, it was originally released on september 23rd 2015 on the gym city podcast feed but this was a podcast that i i was a part of our friend eric who started the gym city podcast was having some issues and he is now on a walkabout On August 29, 2015, at the old Yellow Cab building on 700 East 4th Street in Dayton, Ohio, I sat down and I pretty much did two hours of podcast. I did podcast with various people from around the area. It starts off with two ladies, Carol and Jessica, who are just festival goers. That was an interesting conversation. And then we talked to Jim Ingram and Chad Wells of the Cricket Bows, in fact, Jim Ingram is no longer the drummer of the Crickabos. They have split ways, friendly. And um so that that was a good conversation. And then we have a graffiti artist named Courtney. Uh her graffiti name is Clit and we talked to her. I don't agree that graffiti artists should tag buildings with just their just their names. I have a different opinion when it comes to doing murals or doing it on buildings where you're allowed. But as a property owner, I wouldn't want somebody to come up and tag my house. And I think having certain tags, it doesn't make the city look good. So I don't agree with her tagging just random businesses. But uh, it was a good conversation anyway. I talked to Jeff Lender and J.J. Phillips. They're a couple. And Jeff is... Uh, a member of the band Where the Name Was Dwell and JJ Phillips is she's an author. She uh she's a really cool person, and you guys can check that out. And then I talked to a gentleman named Matthew Adams of Dark Machine Nations. Hope to have him on at some point again. And then I talked to a couple people involved with Music Connection Dayton. And W937, Dayton Radio, which you can stream online. I talked to Kim Weiss and Nathan Goff. Uh, that's how we end the podcast. And that was a really great conversation. I always enjoy talking to those, uh, those people, the people that I talked to uh, today. Really, it was an excuse for me to sit down and talk to friends and catch up with some friends. Um, so I, I really enjoyed that. If you guys would like to call the podcast and leave a voicemail, I haven't received one in quite a while, but if you want to call and leave a voicemail, you can call 937-265-2024. That would be awesome. And go to theizzyrock.com and actually give Tells from the Hard Side Podcast a like on Facebook. Now, with the transition of me doing more responsibilities for Gym City Podcast, a lot of my attention is moving towards that direction. So, um, so some episodes I'm going to record and release for both feeds as I have been. This past weekend, I talked to a gentleman named Derek Tai, who has an app called How Did He Know? And I recommend everybody go check out this app. Uh, it was a great conversation. And then next week, on next Tuesday, in fact, I go and interview Ryan Hawk who has a podcast called Learning Leader Show. And I want you guys to go check it out at learningleader.com. Ryan Hawk is the older brother of A.J. Hawk, who plays for the Cincinnati Bengals. He was a former Green Bay Packer. I'm having a great time listening to his podcast. I love funny, just off-the-ball podcast. I love humorous podcasts. Podcasts like No Hope from Humanity. I like that podcast. Uh, the Geek Show podcast is funny. Mediocre show is funny, especially with their new co-host Frank. I would say uh, they do a a movie review podcast that was part of the old show, but now it's its own show. And Frank has taken a role as a co-host. And I'll tell you what, I just the mediocre show continues to surprise me. Can I continue to listen to it, support it, love it? Um, and Frank is just one of those additions. but So I enjoy listening to comedic podcasts and funny podcasts and off-the-wall podcasts, but I love intelligent, educational, learning podcasts. Uh, one of my friends named Jason, who's been on the podcast before, turned me on to Tim Ferriss's podcast, which I've listened to him on the Joe Rogan experience, but I've never actually listened to his podcast until recently. Love that. Love uh like i said Ryan Hawk's podcast Learning Leader Show love that and i think that by mixing it up and having humorous but also having educational and learning podcast i think i really get a mix of hearing all these different opinions all these different uh beliefs in how to do things and how to live life and how to get along, and it really helps me grow as a human being, as a 42-year-old man. When I was a kid, I thought people had to figure it figured out by the time they were my age, and you get my age and you realize, oh, that's not true at all. You continue to keep learning, you continue to keep growing. Uh, just to give you an example, um, at my work, where I actually work to make money, I'm a blue collar guy, I work Monday through Friday and I work kind of a third shift position, in minus 24 degrees. Okay, and I drive heavy machinery and we do a certain amount of moves per day on this on this heavy machinery. And they started posting it in my break room and I come in with three other guys in the morning. My numbers because they post them on this TV in the break room. My numbers are like 600 more than the person next person that comes in with me. And some of their other numbers are just they're horrible. I mean, compared to wanting to get get done for the day and wanting to hurry up and and leave work because that's that's what I'm working for I'm working to working against the eight hours I want to get out of there on time and be able to get home and take care of some things that I I take care of and so I felt a little disrespected today at work because I was given extra work and had to stay while other people who did less work got to leave and I was furious i was so pissed off because for me it's a it's a sign of disrespect because we have a seniority system we have a union and there's all this other stuff that goes on along with when you work in a union shop so so i i'm leaving work just furious i'm so angry so pissed off and i get in the car and i just tell myself okay it's not that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things not that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things and i take some, take to just turn off the radio. Don't listen to the radio, and I take some deep breaths. I take some deep breaths and calm myself down. Focus on my breathing because I, I try to have mindfulness about my life and about the things in my life. And man, I'm not perfect, and I realize all the baggage that was given to me by growing up in a in a less fortunate family um, dysfunctional family, broken home. Uh, there was some issues. So all that is kind of still carried over and I can still see it in my life at at certain times. But I also see how I feel like I'm further along than some of the other men or adults that came before me and how I handle certain situations. And I guarantee that a lot of that comes from listening to podcasts for one, and being able to express my thoughts on a podcast to be able to actually come home and grab a mic and talk to you guys who are listening right now. You can hear the dump truck in the background, but to be able to get these thoughts out, it's really, really, really therapeutic. And so, um, thank you for listening. I have some pretty, I have three podcasts recorded for the next three weeks. Uh, some behind the scenes stuff. That's, That's how a lot of podcasters do it. They record a bunch of episodes at one time and then release them over a period of time because I have to be able to still maintain being a father, being a husband, taking care of things around the house. And so for me, I like to just get a bunch of stuff done and then be able to kind of um, bank off of those uh, for for the rest of the month or whatever. So... Okay. That was a long and drawn out intro, I understand. If you're listening to this for the very first time, thank you so much. Please go write, review, and subscribe on iTunes. I appreciate everything uh, that everybody does as listeners. If you tell people about it, let me know on Twitter. Call the voicemail. Send me an email. Um, Thank you so much for everything that you do. So, for now, this is a very diverse series of sit down conversations I have. Uh it's about 2 hours long, so I hope you enjoy it. It was like I said it was at the old yellow cab building in Dayton, Ohio that we recorded and it's on location. So here it is, Ladyfest Dayton Part 2.
3: All right guys, what's up? We're here at Ladyfest Day 2 at the old yellow cab building in uh downtown Dayton here for the Gym City Podcast once again and I'm here with first guest of the day. Please introduce yourselves.
0: My name is Jessica. My name is Carol.
3: And what brought you guys to Ladyfest?
9: Carol, you go first. Well, actually, Jess was the one who informed me that this was kind of happening, and um, she was all about it on social media, and so she was really all about it, and so I volunteered because she was volunteering, and now we're here to volunteer and support We Care Arts
3: what's your opinion of it what's your opinion of lady fest so far
9: uh
0: i really love lady fest i wish i had known it was going on last year i was really excited when i found out about it i love a sense of community and finding a place where you feel welcome and everyone's here for basically the same common goals uh, a lot of solidarity and a real good community feeling
3: as you've walked around is there anything that you would point out that you're like man these are the highlights here
0: uh, the bands yeah, and getting to see some of the awesome local bands that I, I've been wanting to see and just seeing how amazingly skilled they are. Uh, Paige Beller put on the event and I got to see her band for the first time and they're amazing. So yeah. th- that was a real highlight. And I'm looking forward to seeing a few other bands tonight too.
6: Very
3: cool. Very cool. What what was your... Did you come last night? Did you come...
9: Well, no, I couldn't come last night. Um, I just moved here from Philly a few months ago, nice. so finding ways to get involved in the community is kind of difficult—not um, difficult, but you know, ways that you feel welcome and feel like something you can be passionate about too. Yeah, can kind of it can kind of be hard to fit into. So um, finding something like this, you know, as a feminist, as someone who cares about the arts, as someone who you know loves community, wants to promote it, and doesn't know how to. Find their way all yeah. the time. Like this is a really good starting point.
3: Now, what brought you to Philly from uh, from Philly to Dayton?
9: That's a really good question. Yeah. Existential crisis is probably the best answer. Um, to be honest, I have family out here. I do not have any family in Philly, uh-huh. and so I lived out there for the past five years. And I said, "Why not? Now, Why not I, try a new city?"
3: I love Philadelphia. It's one of my favorite cities. Um, in fact. One of the first podcasts I ever listened to was called The Mediocre Show, and they were based out of Philadelphia. Uh, so Philadelphia holds a very special place in my heart. Um, so w- what do you think about Dayton so far?
9: Everyone's a lot nicer out
3: here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
9: I, I worked in insurance in Philly, and insurance in, and Philadelphia, the city of Brotherly Love, are not great yeah. things to combine. Um, but I moved out here. And everyone is just so welcoming. And I found a, one group of people, and I found a thousand other friends. Yeah. It, everyone is. I mean, they open doors and look at each other in the eye. Like it's.
0: it's Carol and I actually just met two months ago.
6: Yeah.
0: No, we were toxic. We were toxic. So supporting local community places and yeah. uh, mutual friends. And then we hit it off, and we've been hanging out a lot ever since. And Carol's really awesome and she does community dinners so it's just yeah it's just so great that you can meet people and it's just like your instant friend you know it's like childhood yeah. where you just you don't care about all the crap you just are friends yeah, yeah.
3: no doubt Absolutely. Com- uh, community dinners talk about that what's that all about
9: <laughs> um it was something that a church that i went to in philly kind of gave me the the, the idea to do out here but I figured, you know, I have a lot of friends. We go out to, you know, Toxic, Warpedwing, like, love supporting the local breweries and whatnot. But um, I decided, why not just have a meal in my home and just invite literally anybody? I met somebody in Toxic the night before and I was like, hey, dude, yeah. I'm I'm having a community dinner at my house tomorrow night. Um, you can come. Here's my address. And he showed up.
8: That's it was so, so cool. cool.
9: And he met a bunch of new people. And. Jess was there her kids were there they played with my niece and nephew I didn't like, have to feed my kids that night
6: <laughs> awesome. awesome
8: it was
9: really cool because it's just you share a meal and everybody just kind of brings down their walls for a second and I mean I think I think 15 people came uh-huh. yeah. I have a teeny tiny like little duplex in Kettering it wasn't it wasn't anything extravagant we had tacos and everybody just you know met new people and it was beautiful and just something I want to keep doing because it was awesome and I, I loved it and I loved everybody who came. So. That's
3: so cool. <laughs> I think it's important to have community. What ways would you advise for people to get involved in the local community?
9: Um, I would say support local businesses. I mean, I think that's that's definitely been one of the best ways that I've I've met people. You know, if you go to a TJ Fridays or an Uno's or an Applebee's, whatever you want to, you know, wherever you want to go, you're gonna sit at a booth by your, you know, with you and your date or your family or whatever. You go to a place like Toxic, like Blind Bob's, like Lucky's, I love the Oregon district, but you know, yeah. there are there are lots of other places. Yeah. Tanks. Tank. Tanks, like whatever. You will meet someone new whether it be the yep. bartender, whether it be the person sitting next to you. I mean support your local businesses. We're about to go to Blind Bob's right after yeah, this. Yeah, we're about to go with oh, yes. uh
3: jelly sandwich. It's seventh something. year anniversary show tonight, I yes. think, right? With Night Beast?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Line Bob's is a great place to go, and it's like cheers. Everybody knows your name, and suddenly yeah.
9: you're just friends with everybody that's there. I mean, Toxic is my place. That's my like. I went down there. There was a, one of my favorite food trucks, Bad Dog. Yeah. Um, is down there a lot. So I went down there by myself for dinner, and I met a bunch of new people just sitting outside, just having a beer and eating a hot dog. Like I think supporting local businesses, especially restaurants. Yeah. Su- and alcohol. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, alcohol brings everybody together. Gotta support but, you know, it, it brings people together in, in ways that, you know, maybe the Dayton Mall isn't going to
3: do. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, the community that's being built down here and that's down here that supports the craft brew, uh, like like Toxic Brew, um, is pretty special. The the restaurant community, the, the arts community, the music community, it, it seems like something really special is going on down here. Um, yeah, like... If anybody's out there listening, I would always advise people yeah. to just go out and get involved, like volunteer, yeah. to start talking to people. A lot of people are introverts. A lot of people, they're afraid of people judging them or how people are going to perceive them. But I think when you start building friends from a, a, a nice community, you can, you can make the community itself one of the greatest places to live. That people yes. are attracted to. I think it's the people, it's people like you guys that people are like, I, I'd like to move to Dayton. You know. I,
0: I definitely agree. Um, I, as a single mom of, of three, and it felt like I didn't have a life, and I didn't know what I was going to do, and I didn't have a community and friends, so I started going out there. I didn't feel like I even had like an identity. So when I started doing that, I mean, it really wasn't long to build a community in Dayton where suddenly I just know everybody and you go to a hole in the wall and Everybody who you knows there on a Thursday night, and it, it really did not take long to find something that I really loved in this community.
3: So awesome. All right, uh, do you guys want to give your social media or anything like that?
0: Um, what do you mean? Like, like our- where
3: people can follow you on Twitter or something?
0: I don't Twitter.
3: I don't know. I don't like Twitter. Do you have anything I- that you want to promote or anything? Any websites you want to tell people to go check out?
0: Well, or you just want
3: to say, hey. We
0: just finished up Breastfeeding Awareness Month. I'm a lactation consultant, uh-huh. so breastfeeding is a public health crisis. Amen. Um, yes, yeah, so uh, that is a good source of community and support. Mm-hmm. And September 5th, the local La Leche League group will be holding a big breastfeeding awareness event here at Yellow Cab. Nice. So I'm, I would encourage i mean, anybody who's needing support who has any questions. Hold on, what day is it? September 5th.
3: Oh, this won't be out by then.
0: What won't? This, oh, this?
3: podcast. No. Nope.
0: Well, then it'll be too late. I'm sorry. But it doesn't yeah. mean you can't reach out to your local resources for, for assistance because the number one aspect for any success as far as birth and breastfeeding, which is incredibly important for public health uh-huh. and for our, our economy, all that stuff, is support. You need someone to tell you you can do this. And really? we're definitely, Dayton's there for people.
3: Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's inspiring. Yeah. All right, guys. Absolutely. Later. As I remember it. Yeah, as you remember it. All right, what's up? I'm here with Jim Ingram, drummer of many bands, including uh, Dark Backward and Cricket Bows. What's Today up, Bows. How are you? All right. How are you doing, man? Good. Uh, so, you guys are playing Lady Fest tonight. Uh, you're playing with the Cricket Bows. Is this your first Lady Fest?
10: This is the first uh, Lady Fest I've been a part of. I, I I've wanted to be a part of it before, but I've didn't really qualify we've been in very male dominated bands in the past so (laughs) this time
3: not so much and it's it's a nice change of pace yeah yeah you guys uh talking about uh having erica in the band she's she adds a great element she's a great singer Mm -hmm. and uh what what has been your reaction since the album came out and you guys did a stay at the Jimmy's Ladder 11 for a month.
10: Well, thank you for mentioning that. Uh, well, a couple of things. Well, she's also a multi-instrumentalist. Holy snuckies. Say that five times. I know. This is great. I, I used to do radio. Can you believe it? No, but uh, no, she's uh, she also is a multi-instrumentalist yes. as well. But uh, Chris is... Uh, Chris? Wow, I'm all over the place. Chad has been very uh, adamant that she's not just the the standard well we got a girl in the band so now we've got some sort of edge to us or whatever uh, no she's she's uh, also a lead singer they're co lead singers he makes it he makes it very plain about that and she needs no introduction as you as you know when she sings she's 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 not this she's not just there for eye candy she's there to be a part of the band she is an yeah. integral part of the band and and uh, yeah so she's a legit singer yeah, and is. one of the best I've played with. And so I'm. We're obviously she's. I'm glad to have her in the band. We're and like I said, she offers more than just her voice. Yeah. And uh, she's she's. I think she's gonna put a little extra in it today, just because of the cause and the particular, uh, particular uh, arena, shall we say. Um. And to your second point about uh, the the Ladders uh, Jimmy Ladder Eleven thing, that was a great time. Yeah. Um. We got a chance to experiment a little bit. And, uh, you know, it, it kind of harkens back to the, the, the 50s and 60s when bands would go to pubs and they'd just be the stay-in bands for a week or a month and they'd play for a particular set of time. And so we had a chance to mess around with that. We had, uh, um, we had a few people working with us. Um, North Star Society uh, opened up the show for us on the first night. And um, then they also sat in with us on some songs. Um, one of the weeks we had uh, Todd Widener open up, and he's another person that needs no introduction. And uh, he then sat in with us for a few songs we did. Actually, we opened up uh, with a trio of Jane's Addiction songs. And wouldn't you know it, that motherfucker nailed all of the Navarro parts just to make it that much more sincere. <laughs>
3: That's so awesome. So you, uh, you guys are big fans of... Jane's Addiction, mm-hmm. and um, listening to you guys do covers, when we've talked about the covers you, you guys would like to do later on. What what are some of the ones that you personally would like to, like uh, to do? In cricket bows or yeah. just personally? Uh, uh, just personally. Uh,
10: well, like, what's fun for you to play? Oh, uh, well, you know, I... Personally, I've, I've always pushed Dark backward to play therapy covers. I always yeah. loved therapy, and, and it's always been a really good idea, but just not the right time, the right place, and we never sat down and, and worked on those. Cricket Bows, uh, obviously, uh, there's always been talk about other James Addictions tunes, but you know, obviously we, we kind of really went heavy on that, so I'm sure we'll take another direction. Um, there's a band uh, called... Uh, oh, I want to get this right. Armageddon used to be a band. Well, I'm sure there's tons of bands called Armageddon, but there was a a band out of the U.K. called Armageddon, and uh, there was a song they did called Silver Tightrope that I turned Chad on to, um, and he's a big fan of that. So we've talked about messing with that, but we actually haven't done that yet. So
3: there's some some things that can come around the the corner uh, on those two bands. Nice. And as far as uh, having a stay at a place for, for a month or a period of time, is there any reflection where you, you would say, any advice that you would give bands? And I, I actually think that would be a great idea to have certain bands do that. In you know, Like Jimmy's Ladder 11 would be a great spot to have mm-hmm. some bands do that. Um, what, what are some of the advice that you would give other bands that would do that?
10: Uh, well, just for Jimmy's in particular, it's a, it's, a, it's a cool stage. I always wanted to play the stage. Um, and uh, uh, the sound man, Jason, there, he's a pretty cool dude. I remember when he used to work uh, down at the now gone but not forgotten uh, Jay Allen's. Yeah. Uh, back in those days, but uh, it's fun. It's a cool place. Like I said, I always want to play that stage. That was fun. Obviously, if you're playing for a place for a month and you're going to be there the same time every week, you want to kind of mix it up, which is kind of what we did with having a new group. Kind of you know play you know 30 40 minutes to open up and then kind of sit in with us on some things. Um, so, yeah, obviously you've got to mix it up to keep it interesting for you because if, if you're bored, then you're, it's going to be pretty easy to make the audience bored too.
6: Yeah.
3: And you are a uh, football fan since this is yeah. going to come out. I know a lot of people who are going to listen to this, you're not football fans, but there are some that are football fans yeah. out there, including myself and Jim. So we're going to talk about football season. Let's talk about your predictions for the upcoming football season. We are kind of minorities in, in, in the art community, but we that's are. all right. That's we that we all got to be different.
10: Um, uh, predictions, yikes! So I'm I'm really hoping for a nine and seven season out of Chicago, but I, I think I think we're gonna be really lucky to hit five hundred this year. So um, that's I, I'm gonna I'm gonna am I'm gonna be conservative and say seven and nine for, yeah. for, for my team. I just it better one game better than last year, but certainly not scaring anybody.
3: And how do you, how do you feel about uh, Jay Cutler?
10: <laughs> you know, I, I'm one of those where I'm kind of over it now. It's yeah. like you know, he he, he's, he is who he is, and you got to ride it out. I, I'm not a big fan, but I'm also not one of those that's going to bomb his Twitter page with death threats. Yeah, right. Um, I, I I really am having less and less in common with fellow Bears fans anymore. You either you either defend him like like he's a member of your family, or you hate him like he just stole your girlfriend. And I'm I'm on I'm on neither side of that.
6: Yeah.
3: And I'm, for people who don't know, I'm a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. Uh, my father lived in the Bradenton, Florida area, which is like 40 miles south of Tampa. And it was the team that once they switched uniforms back in the nineties, I started really rooting for them and playing Madden Mm -hmm. and and to the point where I got a Buccaneers tattoo after they won the Super Um, and for really inside baseball, inside football, I guess, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have Lovey Smith as their coach, who was the coach of the Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. So as a as a Bucks fan, what do you foresee uh, for us from your former coach? Uh,
10: well, he's he, he, you know, I've already seen I already watched one preseason game that ridiculous game against uh, against Cincinnati. No no offense to Cincinnati fans, but I they think I think they'd be the first to say they they were just going through the motions in that. But his defense is are ball hawks. They go after the ball. They're always punching the ball. You know, going after that. Even if the guy's not down, they're trying to strip the ball loose. They're, his defenses. That's what they do. His uh, if, and this is something. Check the stats if they want to. But I think from from during his tenure, the, no one had more turnovers than the Bears' wow. defenses when Levy Smith was in control um, of the defense. And I, I thought he deserved another year with the team he's he was looked at as being a little too player friendly yeah so maybe a little a little bit of a pushover and of course in that first year when we had Mark Tressman, everyone went, oh lovey smith who who cares we're scoring you know we're the, the second highest point scorers in the in, in the league and and then of course that all went to hell so yeah, i i like lovey smith and his defense they're, they're going to be ball hawks as long as he's on on char- in charge
3: and uh, i i mean i remember them going to the, the bears going to the super bowl with rex grossman Yep. I mean, if you, if you can get to the Super Bowl with Rex Grossman, you know that the defense is solid. Well, in that year, uh, 10 of those 11 wins were done
10: uh, by uh, his backup, Kyle Orton.
4: Oh, see. So, no. yeah, right. so when he
10: came so. in, he got the 11th win against Green Bay, and then we, we won the division, and, and that was the clincher to get us in the playoffs. So, yeah, there's a lot of Kyle Orton there. Uh, Chad Wells has just
3: joined joined the group. We,
4: yeah, he like will not talk us? football with us at all. No,
3: we we can sw- we can switch up top. You want to join us? Sure, yeah. yeah. All right. So, what do you, you think about morning. the Bengals this year, Chad?
11: Yeah. I They're- like Manic Monday. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was a big fan of uh, you know their their cover of In Your Room. Uh, <laughs> How's it Suzanne going, buddy? Balls. I'm good. How are you doing, man?
3: Good. Uh, I I. Already put a, Already put the podcast together, uh, and I want to formally apologize because I don't know what happened to the audio. The audio from Miami Valley Music Fest got messed up, and we recorded it twice. We did, and that was on the other equipment. This equipment is pretty solid, so nice. I'm pretty sure this is going to work this time. Until I spill beer on it. So, so Chad, how how was the residency at Jimmy's Ladder Eleven?
11: It was a whole lot of fun. It was, um, I, I think uh, one of the ways that I described it was uh, it was not uh, necessarily financially successful, but it was creatively successful. Yeah. We, uh, we, had a, we had a good time. Uh, we, we played a different set every week. Uh, we had a different great opener every week. Um, we had, uh, uh, the first week was North Star Society opened for us, and then uh, Andy Gabbard from Buffalo Killers opened for us, and then Todd Widener. Uh, opened for us, and then uh, Kylene Downs, who's also playing here today. I think she just finished. She opened for us, uh, and then the first week North Star sat in with us for the entire set, uh, and then Todd sat in with us when he played with us for a, a three-song Jane's Addiction tribute set, and that was amazing, phenomenal, and uh, yeah, it was fun, man. We uh, we got to tighten up the sound. You know, it was it was our normal band practice night. It was on Monday nights, so uh, it was kind of like. Going and getting paid a little bit and playing in front of people instead of just doing it in the basement, uh, which kind of puts you on your game more. You know, you're, you're uh, when you're in the basement, you can you can be lazy and just sort of do your thing. But when you're in front of people, you tend to play a little bit better and harder and take more chances. And and uh, everybody did, and it was it was great, man. We got some really good video. Nice. A a lot of you know we have like the core group of our our local fans and friends uh, seem to all be creative people whether they're podcasters like yourself or photographers or filmmakers or whatever so there's some good video good photos from the residency it was it was a whole bunch of fun nice man and
3: what advice because i think it's a great idea i think having having a band play in, in the same place one time each week kind of it it adds an excitement especially if you're really into that band what what advice would you give now, looking back to other bands who, who would want to do that, or other venues who would want to do that?
11: You know, I think it's uh, I think it's it's a really cool idea. Um, you, there are definitely those worries. Like uh, you know, typically in, in the in the world of um, you know original bands, not non cover bands, you don't want to sa- sa- uh, what's the word <laughs> saturate yeah. your market. Uh, You don't want to play too often, all those sort of things. Or at least that's what the standard is. And, uh, you know, you're you're going to thin the crowd. We had several people who came for one and not all four. Um, But it it spread it out over time, and it kind of gave everybody a chance to get there. gave us a chance to do our thing. It was fun. I mean, if you're going to have fun playing music, uh, you know, go have fun playing music. One of the great things about that gig was that it was free for the public to get in. Um, the bar paid us out of bar sales, basically. Uh, so it, it motivated us to, you know, bring bring our drinking friends so that we could get paid. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it also sort of lessened the uh, the seriousness of, of the, the, the nobody paid to get in tonight door thing. You know, it was Monday nights. It was four in a row. It could have been, you know, whatever. But I mean, as far as advice, I, I think go for it. I, I, I just did an interview... Um, I write for a magazine, and I just did an interview with the band Lucero, and uh, that guy Love said that, that guy said something. The, the singer Ben uh, said something that that I've never heard another band say to me, and it's something I always wondered about. Because back in the day, I got I got in trouble. I remember one uh, bar owner chewing me out for playing another bar too close to the same night that we were playing his bar. You played there on Thursday, you're playing here on Saturday you're never playing here again because you just watered down your crowd. But uh, Ben from Lucero said basically, uh, you know, everybody told us to not saturate our audience and this and that and the other. He said, we played every single week. Sometimes we played three and four times a week in Memphis. Sometimes we played three times a day. We would play a record store during the day. We would play a bar at night opening for somebody else, and then we'd go play an all-night coffee shop at 2 in the morning. And we got better than everybody else in our peer group faster and we built our sound we built our our crowd and uh, i think it's true i mean here tonight uh, Paige beller's done a great job of helping put this all together she's a brilliant example of somebody who plays constantly yeah every place and everywhere she can get an offer whether it's solo whether it's with one of the bands that she's in or whatever and everybody knows her so uh you know if it's about playing and having fun do that first but i think the benefit is is that you're you know you're your name's going to be in the paper every week as long as you're, you know, listing your shows. Um, and people people are going to see you and hear about you more. So that can't do anything but help as long as you're delivering. You know, if somebody shows up and you suck, well, that's not going to pay off. But yeah. luckily, we've got Jim Ingram, so we don't suck. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
10: I was going to
11: say, well, if, if you go into it with the idea that
10: that, that, you're, you're, that you, you know, you're expecting to, to draw 100-plus every night, then you're, you're, getting, you're probably going to be disappointed. But... to to lucero's point and to to chad's extension of that point yeah is as a personal endeavor you're going to take some chances you're going to have some fun like i like i was saying a little bit earlier you can experiment a little bit it's like okay last week this worked or last week there's some things that didn't work and we'll we'll know to steer clear of that or hammer it more so there's that yeah
3: yeah now we had talked about the album diamonds and about the press it received previously can you can you touch on that a little bit and and also from the beginning when you first released stuff by yourself some of the experimental stuff to the point where you are now it's totally totally different sound yeah and obviously i'm sure playing more is sharpening that
11: absolutely So, so
3: so talk about diamonds and then talk about like what? Do you, what's in the future?
11: Diamonds is, uh, you know, it's 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 a fantastic record of where we're at now as as a unit. Um, it's it's you know, it's not an acoustic album or anything, but it's stripped back to the basics. There's there's no crazy overdubbing or anything like that. It's really what we sound like in a room together, uh, and uh, you know, it was recorded with minimal miking. It was recorded with with very little in the way of overdubs. We we did all of the music in one pass. I think everything we nailed in one, two, maybe three takes, but I'm, I'm pretty sure everything was in one or two takes. And no more uh, than
10: two, I'm pretty sure.
11: Yeah, no more than two takes on everything musically, and then we did the vocals in a separate pass. Uh, anything that had dual male-female vocals from Erica and I both, we shared a mic to do it so that we were... we were. That's incredibly having... tough to do, I, yeah. I want to add. Because yeah. I've, I've tried to do
10: backups in, in other bands and sit there with the headphones, and, and you try to do it all at once, and you try to make sure you hit your particular part and you get distracted by the other person doing their part and then one of you blows it. That's tough to do in one or two passes just live to share time on share space on that tape. Yeah, yeah. So they're to be commended for their parts.
11: Thank you, thank you very much, Jim. Yeah, yeah. I mean it was we we it's 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 just where we're at and and uh, you know some of the songs are songs that date back to before there was a band when it was just my solo thing. Uh, most of the stuff was s- stuff that was sort of written as a unit or Rewritten as a unit. Even those songs that were on earlier—I think there's only two songs, maybe—that were on earlier three that were on earlier releases. They're they're so much different than the original versions that that you know everybody definitely deserves the song songwriting credit uh, on that. Um, we've gotten great response for it press-wise. Um, you know we're the kind of band we're 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 independent. We're on our own label right now. We're very DIY. We do everything ourselves from. The video stuff to the you know whatever, uh, so it was something that um, when we were done, I just put it out and went for it. We didn't have any time to uh, hire a PR person or anything like that. So it's not we haven't gotten a ton of press, but what what press we have gotten has been super high quality, super super great um, reviews. We got a five star review from Ghetto Blaster, and they they um, uh, compared us to the Beatles uh, among other bands, which is I mean that's 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 the kind of stuff you dream about in your head. You know yeah. your Greg Brady, Peter Brady fantasy of you know we're going to be this whatever Johnny Bravo. <laughs> Johnny, action. yeah, exactly. So uh, you know I'm just waiting for the girls to come running and rip our clothes off outside of the show at this point. But uh, <laughs> you know to be to be compared to those bands and to have the things said about us uh, that were said are really good. And uh, you know the the early stuff. Um, there's almost a consideration once we got this band sort of formalized and finalized. I, I sort of considered the idea of changing the name of the group um, because it is so much different than just me by myself. Um, but those early recordings are they are the genesis of the story. They're yeah, sort yeah. of the seed that was planted. Um, its uh, I, I was in the Jackalopes for a long time and I was doing that one thing over and over for a long time and then... Uh, I completely lost touch with that and just wasn't into that anymore. It didn't speak to my heart and soul anymore. And I just wanted to create music for me again. So it was just all stuff that I recorded on my laptop or on a four track at home uh, while we were waiting to have babies and stuff like that. Stuff I snuck and did in the middle of the night. So a lot of times the vocals are really weird because I'm practically whispering, singing them and then putting effects on them so they sound cool and stuff. but it drew it drew the it drew the map of of you know what I thought that the uh, the basic uh, seed should be, and then everybody came in. And what I had imagined, uh, I imagined that everybody would come in, take what I did, and, and expand it outward. Uh, but everybody came in and really put their own heart and soul into yeah. it. You know, uh, Jim, Chris, Mike, Erica. Uh, you know, they show up every week and they they put. I don't have to tell them what to do. I don't have to ask them to do anything differently. Um, they all are, are, you know, feeling human beings that don't just mimic other, other people and other players. and, and uh, Or when they do, it's for a good reason. You know, we're referencing uh, Peter Chris here or we're referencing, uh, you know, Robbie Krieger here or whatever it is. And uh, But we, we make it our own. So it's been a weird long road. I mean, t- I think the first album... That I released I released home as a digital release in 2010 and uh, you know here we are in 2015 and and the time seems to have flown by like crazy uh, and uh, you know it's it's all it's all onward and upward from here I mean this we, we, we keep hitting these great uh, the, the idea was I think when I talked to everybody individually, Let's get together once a week, once every couple of weeks. We'll jam, we'll rehearse. Maybe we'll play once every couple of months or something like that. And now I'm taking all other time with Cricket Boys more than they are in their other, uh, you know, bands and, and projects and things like that. But uh, it's just it's the nature of how things go when it when it's going well. We we get to a certain point and you think, well, this is this is really nice and this is where we are now as a local band. And and then you get asked to do something bigger and you get asked to take on more and. We just keep doing it. Anything that we can take on, anything that we can do, uh, as long as it doesn't uh, put anybody's day job at risk or uh, you know make anybody's family suffer, then we're we're taking all all uh, opportunities and, and running with it. So,
3: oh yeah, dude.
11: We've got new stuff. We've got some new songs written, and uh, and I've got plenty of sort of beginning sketches of new things. So in the fall, we're going to be recording uh, with Zach Gabbard from Buffalo Killers at his studio. Uh, with him uh, and hopefully Andy having some hand in the production of that. Um, I don't know if we'll release that on a label or just do it ourselves again, but you know, there's something new around the corner, you know, every time we turn around. So, and I haven't yet had the Buffalo
3: Killers on, and uh, like their music. The more I look at it and the more I listen to it, you realize I mean, they're songwriting geniuses. Yeah, I, mean, I agree 100%. I mean, like you you turned me on to them and then it's one of those things where you're like you finally check out a band and you start like digging in and
11: it was all i was listening to for for a little bit those guys do what they do it's in their blood you know their their dad was a musician they grew up around music it was very important to them um you know they had their punk rock bands and their garage bands like everybody else did separate from each other andy and zach in separate bands and uh At a certain point in time, Zach was doing fairly well in the sort of garage rock scene in Cincy And uh, I think the the story basically is that he lost a guitar player in the Shams or something like that, and he realized that his little brother was as good or better than anybody else he had played with, so they got together. But, I mean, their voices just mesh perfectly together, Uh, and the songs just pour out of them. I mean, Andy, when Andy opened for us, he did... Eighty percent of the set that he played, he had written. I think that week prior. Oh, like wow! It wasn't stuff that you had ever heard before anywhere. And uh, you it's know, the kind of type of guy you hate, right? You know, <laughs> like he just shits this stuff out like it's no big whoop. But uh, you know, it, and it's. Uh, but, but I think our band works the same way. We we just it's we have this stuff inside of us. We're not sitting down and in the Jackalopes, there was a certain amount of ease that I had with writing certain things. But there was also um, sort of a, a pre-structural framework in place. We are basing everything we do on the Ramones, and Misfits, Motorhead. That's it. Anything beyond that is is sort of off limits. It's got to be uh, down-picked, fast guitar. It's got to be you know. And I would try and squeeze in little psychedelic moments here and there. But it, it had to be it had to be a thing. And with Crickabo's, it's it's just whatever we're we're feeling at the moment. So. Uh, and, and same thing for Buffalo Killers. You can hear those guys progress album to album in it. In it. And, and though the sound is those guys making music together, it's every album changes, every album has a different arc to it. You can hear that you know, this album has more minor key stuff, it's a little sadder, the next album is a little bit more upbeat, it's more happy, you can tell what's sort of going on in their lives and what's important to them. And the songs aren't about just cliche shit, you know, it's not... Uh, She did this to me So I blah 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 Whatever And girl you look good In them jeans Or whatever It's like They're singing songs About their wives And their kids And their day to day stuff And and things that they That are important to them That are not just um, You know Topical You know News stories Like a lot of bands Just sort of sit down And write about You know Like I I love a lot of 80s and 70s punk rock But I really don't know Shit about Margaret Thatcher Or Ronald Reagan In that way You know what I mean Like I was a little kid when that was happening, or it was in a different country, and I just didn't care. Like I like it because it was fast and whatever. But my favorite bands and musicians speak to some personal uh, thing. So, so. That,
3: that's almost timeless.
11: Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, any kind of personal issue like that that's real and true, it is going to be timeless. Yeah. It's going to be completely, um, uh, you know, it, it's going to last. You know, the the Beatles weren't. Uh, the Beatles weren't tapping into uh, the, the 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 zeitgeist of the culture that they were in. They were creating it, you know. Uh, those guys all talked uh, in interviews. They would say things like "fab gear" whatever, and it was all the silly language of their day. But that wasn't in the song, you yeah. know what I mean? Like that the, that's that's not the place for that. Yeah. Uh, because they wanted that stuff to be timeless. They wanted it to last. They were inspired by things that were ten and twenty years older than they were. In the same way that we're inspired by things that are 10, 20, 30, 40 years older than we are. So well,
10: There's something to be said, too, for how you do it. There's a whole cliche of, like in Hollywood, everything's been done. The, the buddy comedy and all this stuff, everything's been done. But how do you do it? How do you tell that story? What yeah. makes it so that it speaks to someone? You know, like, even if it is something cliche like a breakup song, how do you do it where it actually gets right to somebody in a way that, that you know, somebody like Maroon 5 would would do it. Like, well, I'm not listening to that crap, but I will listen <laughs> to the same damn story told through this person. Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys for being on. Uh, do you so have a much, di- man. Direct. Oh, dude, I love I love, I love the Cricket Bows. I, I, I was there for the first live show that yeah. you guys did, and... Uh, Unfortunately, when I wasn't able to make it out to any of the Monday night events because I have to be at work at 2.30 p.m. Yeah, 2:30 yeah, yeah. Well,
10: there's some video that's going to float around, so yeah. you'll, you'll, you'll get some of it. Yeah. yeah
3: that's the great thing about YouTube the or having access to YouTube and PCs. Richard Brown
10: which we tried to get on here and refused to get on the mic
11: yeah, oh Richard, Richard didn't want to talk yeah, no he you know what that guy, a, that guy is that guy's a local treasure honestly there's, there's a, if and, we had this technology back when we started playing yeah. how
10: awesome would that be we just got like flyers and the random VHS oh
11: yeah, I mean, yeah, the, yeah that's exactly it I, I you know my early band COH you know playing in 1992 or whatever we have a bunch of VHS tapes but it was like to get that recording, like you had to carry a freaking ten-pound brick on your shoulder, and, and it costs like five hundred bucks, and don't yeah. spill anything on
10: it. My parents are gonna kill me. Yeah, I'm borrowing it from Wright State or whatever, you know.
11: Yeah, and Richard's doing it with his phone. Yeah, right. You know, and it looks great. It's and it and it gets the job done. You know, done. he knows where to stand and and how to be very very still. Yeah, and he enjoys music on a level that's like. Um, so, like, in the punk rock scene or the heavy metal scene, there's probably a cat that's similar that's running around and, like, taking videotape of everybody yeah. or whatever whatever it is. But, like, man, Richard's at all those shows. Richard's a completist. At like, he's yeah. the, at the country show. He's yeah. at the hip-hop show. He's at the rock and roll show. He's at the acoustic shit in the park. Like, that guy is hungry for good music. And good for him and good for us. Dayton is full of it. Yeah. You know, we just have a ton of it. Yeah. And... Uh, and even the bad music that's going on in Dayton right now is, uh, you know, better than anything I've run into anywhere else. Or as good, as, as good a quality as anywhere else. You I would know? say so. so. I would say so. Well, uh, direct people to your social media and your website. And, uh, uh, find us on Facebook. Uh, I can't remember the URLs for anything. Facebook.com slash Cricketbows. We're on Twitter. We're on Spotify, iTunes, all those places. We have a website. It's Cricketbows.com. Uh, if you just Google us, you'll find us. Nice, nice. All right, guys. Thank you Thanks so much. Thanks
3: so much, Izzy. Thanks. All right, here we are. We're with Courtney. How are you? I'm good. So, Courtney, I met Courtney last night. She is an artist, uh, and I thought her story was super interesting. So, you're a graffiti artist. Yes, sir. So, talk about that. What, 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 well, what started um, you wanting to do graffiti?
12: I've been doing it since I was like 15, just riding around on my bike, writing on stuff by myself just for fun because I thought it was fun. And uh, I joined the military. I stopped doing it for a while. And then I came, when I got out, I started again. I did it for a while until I got caught about a year ago by the Dayton Graffiti Task Force. Um, so there's
3: like, a Dayton Graffiti Task Force.
12: Yeah, they suck.
3: <laughs> Talk about them a little bit.
12: Uh, they pretty much like take pictures of everybody's graffiti and try to keep tabs and figure out who's who. And just their main goal is to catch graffiti artists and to also buff graffiti.
3: Yeah. So what what was what what was the catalyst that got you caught? How'd you get caught?
12: Um well it all started at Chris's Bandbox and um, I started writing on stuff around that area and went down 3rd Street. I was with my friend, who was not a graffiti artist, and turned out to be a really shitty lookout. And didn't tell me that someone was following us until it was quite too late. And as soon as we turned around and saw this dude, the cops were pulling up. So it was a little too late.
3: So you got called, did you have any... like? I had a
12: can of paint and a marker. Yeah. Yeah, and they went down the street and like counted up all the clits. There was like fifteen of them. Oh, so. right. and
3: she did just say that. with talk about that? That is uh, your that is your uh, graffiti name, right?
12: Yes, I write clit.
3: Yes, it's a body C-L-I-T. part. People, it's a body part. All right, so so when you got caught, so what what happens when somebody gets caught doing that?
12: Well, they wanted to like talk some shit to me, and ask me why I was doing it. Blah blah blah. They arrested me, took me to jail. I was there for three days.
3: Whoa, three days.
12: Um, I had my first court appearance. They made my bill, like fifteen thousand dollars. What? They charged me. They gave me fifteen charges. Yeah.
8: They what?
3: Oh my goodness. Yeah. So uh, how long? How 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 long were you on probation?
12: Uh, for a year. I was on house arrest for thirty days. I got six hundred hours of community service. Whoa. Yeah. Nonviolent
3: crime. All right, but so let's. So obviously, you have a creative spirit you want to create. Yeah. So, after you got caught, what? So, how are you fulfilling that creative spirit now? I saw you yeah. had some, something up here.
12: Yeah, I'm doing our uh, spray paint on canvas and wood and wherever I can that's legal. And just trying not to paint in Dayton either because. The Dayton graffiti task force, like they know who I am and they know what I write, so it would be stupid
3: yeah. to do that. Is there any if people were driving around Dayton, uh, etch you'll see Etch's art. Yeah. Uh, is there any spots where people where one of your proudest pieces were?
12: Um, uh, I I did some stuff on a on a rooftop. Uh, you can see it from 35, like, and if you're driving on Linden, it's, it's, it's the only one that's still there really. really? They, they, they Hell they yeah, dude. they they buffed everything else.
3: Uh, hold on, it's off right now.
6: Hold on.
2: <laughs> yeah, you're on. Hello? Oh hold on, do it again. Hello. Yeah, you got it. Backstabus manager here. Oh, dude, I wish they manager. wish we had a seat for you. They took our seat. It's all right, Backstabbers manager here. You know, we had a big show last night, Rockstar Arena. It was a big thing, big deal. Now, do you, do you guys Sabbath know each other? Up. Huh?
3: Yeah. Do you guys know? Okay. Yeah, we're friends. Yeah. All right. That's all my right. My
2: friend John. What's up, John? So- the man has. Uh, yeah. What was the shop? He used to have the uh, cycle shop. He does
12: graffiti. But anyway, yeah,
2: hold on. Oh you God. do graffiti too? No, no, not at all.
12: <laughs>
2: yeah, I don't. I don't. You know, but you manage Black Sabbath. Yeah, I'm just. Yeah, you know, it's Black Sabbath tribute band. So. Yeah, buddy. You know dayton's finest we're having a podcast coming out as well nice it's called dayton's finest it'll be coming out so it'll be a big deal but we're gonna you know definitely try to link up with you guys yeah man Pretty uh cool. hold on you do a podcast yeah we're gonna have it's called dayton's finest is is it it's on me. itunes and now it's uh it's actually we're not sure exactly what we're gonna put it on yet but it's gonna be uh basically talking about what's going on in dayton just kind of like this in a way you know sure. but the music scene downtown of the oregon district and uh Everything yeah, that's going on art culturally, you know, just shit like that. All around Dayton area, not just Dayton. But. Has it started yet? No, it will be out shortly, though. Nice. Me, John Lakes, John Dad. That's his last name, Dad. Nice. So. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. But, yeah, was, you guys are awesome.
3: Well, when when you get it started, dude, come on the podcast. Definitely. We'd like yeah, to
2: definitely link up with you.
3: Yeah, buddy. Yeah.
2: Yeah. How many? We got some followers on here?
3: Uh, we have a few, yeah. This How gets long has a this few been going on? Uh, We've been... Uh, Gym City Podcast has been around since 2013. Oh, really? Yeah, the pod- i i do a podcast myself called "Tells from the Hard Side," uh, that I've been doing since April 2012. Tells from the Hard Side. Tells from the Hard Side. What is that about? It's about anything and everything. You're actually on it right now. This oh, is a this simulcast. Is, oh, this is. Yeah. Oh, shit. this oh, it's will bug. be. On, this will be. No, no, <laughs> it's not live, but it will be released on both "Tells from the Hard Side" feed and Gym City Podcast. Feed. When does this get played? Um. We usually for Gym City podcasts we're usually about a month out from when we record
2: to when we release about a month. Yeah,
3: we're we're currently booking for January. We record every other Sunday above uh, Folio Design House and it's it's been pretty cool, man. Uh, nice. I would definitely talk to you talk to you about it and uh
2: Surely. Help, like if you guys need anything. Yeah, yeah, you know, Grand Mammoth other shows, Blind Bob's last night, big shows. You know, we're just going to go talk about what's going on in Oregon, what's going on and everything. Link up with you guys, you know. Oh yeah,
3: dude, bro styles. I'm am am d- down <laughs> for sure. I'm down for sure. It's cool.
2: Um, so what uh, so what's upcoming for Back Sabbath? Uh, we're not really sure. It's more or less this podcast. We're gonna, you know, they had a couple shows, but you know, we're uh, depending on when the shows. We we're actually gonna do a strip club show. Nice. Where? At Plush. Uh, where it was all Back Sabbath for thirty minutes. And then we get off for 30 and uh, while what the strippers dance on stage. Yeah.
12: What did that place
11: used to be? Though? It used to be oh, Dayton, Dayton Gold.
12: Oh, yeah.
2: Dayton Gold. Something like that. No, no. Oh, Dream Divas.
12: Yeah. <laughs> That's what it was. Yeah,
6: it
2: was Dream Divas. That's cool. Well, uh, do you guys have any plugs, any websites
3: you want to direct people to?
12: Uh, you can go to my Instagram. It's queenqueef underscore.
2: Uh, I don't have Facebook Do you have anything. Twitter? Mm-hmm. I have nothing I
12: also have Facebook
2: uh, Does Backstabeth have a website? Yes Backstabeth has a Facebook uh, You know You can check us out
4: Facebook you page know.
2: Very nice But yeah I'm off Give the grid him a bro Give like Nice brother <laughs> Alright well you, when, you, when you start the podcast You
3: gotta get on the grid And promote
2: definitely, it Definitely Definitely This is my first time Ever being on the radio Bro style So
3: <laughs> Nice man Alright guys uh, We'll see you later
2: Yeah.
12: Alright bye
3: See you all right, guys, what's up? I'm here with podcast guests, former podcast guest uh, from uh,
5: where the nameless dwell, Jeff Linder. What's up, dude? I'm just here enjoying Ladyfest with a few friends and uh, a couple other artists. Very uh, nice. Do you, uh, do you guys want to introduce yourselves?
12: Hi, my name is Landon.
5: Hi, Landon. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Okay. Say hello, Camber. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm standing here next to local uh, horror fiction writer, J.J. Phillips. Very nice. Hello. Hi. Now, what uh, What brought you out to uh, Ladyfest? I just came to uh, help support Ladyfest, the whole cause. Uh, it's really good cause to uh, give back to the community and uh, showcases some of the uh, local female talent. Very nice. Very nice. Now, what? Ha- did, were you here last night? Uh, no, actually, I, I had a bunch of stuff to do last night, and uh, I was out of town. But I wanted to make both nice, But I figured if I missed last night, I was going to stay here for the whole night. Yeah, I th- yeah, it was it was pretty it
3: was pretty awesome. Is there any anything any highlights you're looking for today?
5: Uh, well, a lot of the artwork I seen inside uh, friends of mine have done. I come here to support uh, Mary Catherine, a Clash, and of course Paige, because everyone in Dayton loves Paige Beller. That's right. <laughs> She's awesome, and. Uh, so you're a horror fiction writer?
1: That is correct.
3: What, uh, is it? Can you uh, have a website or anything people can go check it
1: out? Yep, I have a website.
3: What, what's the website? I
1: know because I pay for it. <laughs> um, it's jjphillips.com with one L. So it's J J P H I L I P S. dot com. Dot com.
3: <laughs> and where uh, is? Uh, can people find your stuff on like Amazon places like that?
1: Absolutely not. Um, I don't want to give them forty-two percent. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it was like forty-two, or was it fifty-two, or something like that. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah.
3: So what what started you out as a being a horror writer?
1: Um, really, it was actually a, started out as a form of self therapy.
3: Uh huh.
1: Um, let's just say um, I used it to basically deal with some things that were going on in my life, and, yep. um, basically, that's how it really came about. Um, I don't know, really, other than to tell you it was therapy.
3: Nice, nice. Now, what, uh, what, what kind of horror? Because horror is such a wide genre.
1: Sociological horror fiction. So, oh. basically, it's the idea of the nightmare next door. Do you really ever actually know anybody? Because you really only know what someone's willing to tell you.
3: Right on, right on. Now, I, I, I went to Henrik's, uh, Henrik Kuto's movie... At, uh, in Inglewood, and I saw you guys up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you What do you think of uh, what Henrik's doing? I love Henrik. He is awesome, isn't he? He's my dude. He is. He is. <laughs> He's amazing. Uh, he was actually on last night, um, and it's so cool to see creative people. Like I, I did, I didn't know uh, we had a horror fiction writer in the Dayton area. Uh, how many years have you been doing it?
1: Um. Well, I've been writing for about pretty much all my life, but I never really wrote anything worth anything. Let's uh-huh. say it that way. Yeah. At least never anything like this. Um, I started this project um, that has been recently published eight years ago. Nice. It went through four rewrites um, because I changed and grew, and I had to basically change and grow it. So I had to basically end up rewriting it. Didn't scrap it all, just rewrote it. And it went through four rewrites. The, the last rewrite was about three years ago. So... Um, and then, um, obvi- It was uh, published. Um, it was published actually in March, but um, I didn't have my release party until June.
3: Very nice. Yeah. So, what, what, like, what's the process? Like, do you have a process? Because I know a lot of people they can get writer's block, and uh, that I've heard that ways to uh, attack that is that you you just write you you write no matter what's on your mind. You just start writing. What's your um, process? A
1: lot of times, people say that, that that's probably a good thing. Um, I I pretty much just go with it. Like, uh-huh. I'll sit down and I'll just start writing something, and it may even start out as a journal entry, even sometimes. Yeah. And then um, I might take, and then by the time I'm done, I'll realize that you know this is not a journal entry, and I'll take whatever I want from it, and then I'll start I'll start creating things. Um, this particular work started um, with the idea of a cake okay so um that's basically how that started
3: very cool very cool so um so how how like how much do you have out do you have uh, one book one book
1: i um yeah i have one book out and it's actually available and it's on my website and you can also buy it from me in person and uh, if you buy it from me in person i give you a five dollar discount because i'm nice like that
3: there you go there you go. Um, well, can you direct people uh, where they can find it locally? Is there any place people oh, can Oh,
1: yeah. Um, actually, Mary Catherine at Clash yep. has uh, copies available on hand. Oh, that's awesome. As well. And they are for the in-person price.
3: Nice, nice. Yeah, and Clash, Clash is a great yeah, – let's talk about that a, a little bit. In fact, I, I'm not sure if they've actually been on the podcast before, but that's a great way for local artists to be able to uh, sell their stuff and, and put it out to the community. Talk about Clash a little bit.
1: Mary Catherine and I have been friends for years, and she's extremely supportive of local, uh, you know, local artists. And, and so um, it kind of made sense when we were talking about it. And she was like, I would love to carry them here. And I pretty much did a happy dance. Yeah. Um, and the, pretty much within a week, I had her with copies and everything ready to go because I just thought it was very, very cool that she was willing to do that.
5: That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, something she probably left out, which might go hand-in-hand hand with Ladyfest, was her book release party having local female-fronted bands. Yeah. So why don't you tell them who the lineup was?
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Some of my favorites, actually. Um, Far From Eden. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you talked to them earlier. Oh,
3: I love... Yeah. The Far From Eden was one of my favorite uh, artists on the Gymnasty podcast. They actually brought their instruments in the folio. We record above Ned Peppers, uh-huh. and they... They perform. They were the f- only band that has performed live on the podcast.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, they're
3: they're That'd good people.
1: Yeah, so I had Far from Eden. I had um, Curse of Cassandra. Nice. And then I had Jasper the Colossal.
3: Yeah, great pants. That was a oh, good and lineup. Then, yeah, it was
1: DJed by uh, DJ Coppertop out of Indianapolis.
3: Nice, nice. Well, uh, where was it at? Where was the party at?
1: It was at the Canal hum Public House.
3: Yeah, I love that place.
1: Yeah, they're 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 really amazing, and they let me throw my event there, and it was just. It was wonderful. They were very, very supportive and very cool.
3: So, what are some of the highlights? That or some of the things that you love about Dayton?
1: I love that you you could basically. It's very supportive of artists. Uh huh. Um, not even not just the local businesses, but just the people in general. Yeah. Are very down to help with whatever they they can do to help you, and I think that's amazing um you don't get that kind of camaraderie in larger cities at least i don't think so because i have lived in larger cities before and i have never felt the type of camaraderie and union i feel here
3: yeah right that's what i keep hearing that too the community i actually experience it myself uh there's there's very little ego amongst amongst a lot of the people that are within the art and music community and i think because people people they like there's it's you can't feel like you're above everybody else. You can't feel like you're more special than this person or that person. I think because this community really puts you in check with that. Um, Jeff, what what do you like about the Dayton community?
5: Oh, uh, well, it's just like one giant family. Everyone from artists, uh, tattoos, paintings, poetry, writers, uh, bands, musicians. Just so many different people out here, and it just gets this really good vibe. And uh, I don't know. It's just like one giant Brady bunch. Yeah. Right. Very cool. Now
3: you're you're over here. Your name's Landon, right? Yeah. So yeah. Landon, what what do you like about Ladyfest?
12: Well, I like all the artists, artistry, and stuff that's out here. All the songs that they do, and all this cool stuff that they do out here. Yeah. Right. It's really cool. I mean, usually. You don't see that stuff on a normal basis. Yeah. And people just—I guess—they get to just put it all out there.
3: Yeah. Now, I saw you at SideShow. You were with Jeff at SideShow. What—what—what what do you like about—what did you like about SideShow when you came?
6: Well, I liked how—well,
12: man, I liked a lot of the people there. Yeah. But I also liked how they had like basically many concerts. Yeah. Over here. There was there was you over here, and there's many other things too. And they had they had like all the art on display and stuff like that.
3: Now, do you do you do any art? Are you uh, inspired to no. do anything? No, no, nothing no. creative.
0: Still in school.
3: There you go. What what grade are you in, by the way? I'm in seventh grade. Nice. I have a I have a seventh grader myself and a freshman or a sophomore. Um, how do you like school this year?
7: I've,
8: I think it's really cool. That's cool.
3: That's cool. All right. Uh, well, thanks so much for being on. Do, uh, Jeff,
5: do you want to direct people where people can find you? or uh, You can find us, uh, Where the Nameless Dwell, on ReverbNation.com. Uh, Podcast up upcoming? Camp. Uh, yes, we got a bunch of stuff coming up. Uh, we got a show down in Hamilton, uh, at Revolt, uh, September 26th. we also got a show coming up at Blind Bob's with Kerchief, Grenades, and Rogue Satellites in October. Nice. Uh, I got to look at the date again because I forgot the date. I think it's like the 10th or something. I don't know. It's on a Friday night. <laughs> very nice. Very nice.
3: And uh, do you – what uh, social
5: media or anything like that? Do you guys want to direct them?
3: Oh, me? Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. I have um, Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. And I think those are my three, and that's about it. And I don't know what my thing is on those.
3: No, that's all good. Uh, I have no idea. I, I'll tell you what. <laughs> uh, you guys if, – if you guys have any questions for, like – Who's been on? Everything will be in the podcast notes. So if you could just go where you're, where you're listening to this at, you'll find all the notes. Just go, go click on the websites and go tell the people that you like uh, You like what they're all about. Go, go buy her book at, at Clash. Well, <laughs> what's the book called again?
1: It's called Parental Bloodshed.
3: Parental Bloodshed. <laughs> I've read it. It's good. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. All right. Well, Thank you, guys. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. All right, guys. I'm back here.
13: Uh, still at Lady Fest. Uh, and I have a guest. Go ahead and introduce yourself. How you guys, doing out there? Uh, my name is Matthew Adams, uh, DJ and producer. Currently, I'm um, working on a music project called Dark Machine Nation, and it is a industrial and noise music project. Nice, nice. Now, what? Uh, what? Like, what inspired that? Well, Dark Machine Nation, the name, uh, to be honest, is a little simplistic, but I just started Googling things, and it was a name that wasn't taken, (laughs) Um, and it abbreviated to the letters D-M-N for demon. (laughs) Um, My music, as far as its theme, uh, it is a fusion of science fiction and occult themes and imagery that I work with, Um, and I found it was a good mixture of uh, my personal philosophy and my interests at the moment, uh, being science fiction and uh, certain occult philosophies. Though my personal philosophy is naturalistic, doesn't involve uh, supernatural elements at all, I find that there are interesting mindsets and concepts to be found in concepts of the supernatural that have existed over the years, going back to tribal religions even. Uh, So I research different mythologies from different cultures, ancient, modern, whatever it may be, And uh, whatever ideas uh, work for me, empower me, I keep it. And I generally throw it into my music, too.
3: Yeah, man. I I love it. I love it. You're uh, i I'm I'm very passionate. uh, Like, I like to look at the scope of history, and I like to look at culture and philosophies. And I'm also the type of person that likes to look at the different philosophies that people have. And um, it's interesting that, like, the occult philosophy now with the Internet seems to... Uh, be gaining more attention and more awareness right. instead of just being some uh, stereotype or some preconceived notion about what this what this is. Like right. you realize things are a little bit more deeper than that. What 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 drew you to get into these uh, these interesting topics?
13: Um, I was um, actually raised very religious, uh, and I I don't regret that. I think it gave me a good. Uh, Moral basis, even if it was a little restrictive. Yeah. What? What religion? Um, but I'm sorry. What? What religion? Oh, actually, um, I was Seventh Day Adventist Christian. Okay. When I grew up. Um, and I have very many friends who are still in the church, and I have some friends who are uh, still believers, you could say, but they're not involved in any church. They just kind of find their own spiritual basis and work from there um i respect either one because i respect the power of people's faith yeah um as i began to search out my own beliefs um eliminating this and that you know the, the old concepts of prayer old concepts of uh, what i was taught about god and creation and the universe and where we go when we die one place or another you know what i mean things like that um My philosophy started charging fast towards cutting this out and cutting that out, and that's a lie, and that's a lie, and that's not real, and this other thing's not real. And to a certain extent, I found that I was actually, uh, in some cases, losing more than I was gaining, because uh, the magic was gone, the intrigue was gone, the uh, symbols were gone, the power of the myth and the stories were gone. I started bringing some of that back um, as years and years ago, even when I was religious, I remembered I had kind of an affinity for uh, satanic symbols at a certain point. I never told anyone this, (laughs) but um, I just liked the symbols. Yeah. In more recent years, I began to research what they meant, and I found the symbols themselves don't necessarily represent a sort of destructive evil as I was taught before. Um, Overall, uh, many occult symbols actually represent a sort of balance in the universe um, and a sort of power representing uh, uh, some basis in human nature or uh, nature itself in general. Uh, And so I found, wait a minute, this is something I could use. I look at the symbol and it inspires me. As long as I remember that the real power that's out there is in me and in the way that I interact with the world around me, um, any symbol could empower me as long as the meaning can connect with my personality somehow. So I use a lot of uh, those symbols in the uh, uh, imagery associated with my music project, um, which you can find at um, either my SoundCloud page, soundcloud.com slash Machine nation uh, or bandcamp, which is Machine nation Nice. And really, if you just Google that, you'll find all my stuff. It's Very pretty easy, good, man.
3: <laughs> yeah, you're you're an interesting dude. I, um, do you, is there any shows or anything coming up? Th- this will be about a month out.
13: Uh, for release, like, do you, okay. do you do live? Do you play live? I do live shows. I enjoy it. Um, I actually played one last night at uh, Sine Waves Music Festival. Nice. Um, that's. It's more of a uh, electronic dance music and not quite an industrial festival. But I know people there, so they booked me, um, and it's. It, it went. It went all right. Um, I'm working through some changes in my equipment setup right now. I'm going more hardware and less digital, um, but as i'm doing that i'm you know i'm enjoying what i'm doing a little better nice. i have, do have another show coming up uh september 26 give me a second here There no, you're yeah. good september 26 right That's, okay September, oh, nice. September twenty sixth. Yes, uh, a friend of mine is standing right over here. It's yeah, he's Je- in the Je- same Jeff, show Jeff too. Linder,
3: yeah. He was just on the podcast. Uh, right, where, where the nameless dwell.
13: We, yes, where we, the nameless dwell. We, the, I, we've had them on the podcast. The, the entire band are, are friends of mine. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to that show too, just to hang out. Like right. really, that's so <laughs> cool. So
3: your your philosophy uh, do, you, do you find do you find that it's ever changing? Do you and yes. and, and, and kind of what Uh, Man, there's so much to delve into. Uh, You know, I I find somebody like yourself very interesting who really takes a peek back in history to, instead of just taking things at face value, you really, you seem like you do the research on the history of how things started.
13: I I do. I do try to. And um, overall, it makes me less argumentative, actually, because... Um, I find that there's so much I just don't know. Yeah. And I don't like to say a whole lot about things that I don't know about. Right. Uh, so, you know, when it comes to world issues or whatever may be going on in politics, unless I've looked it up, unless I can give you a source, I'm not talking about it. Nice, um, man. That's, you know, a but, true, that's a true
3: sign of intelligence right there.
13: <laughs> I suppose so. Um, but uh, as it relates to my personal philosophy, it's ever-changing and ever-growing. I'm always searching it out. I've been accused of overthinking it, and that's probably true. But as I see it now, I don't think that's a bad thing because that's the source of my creativity, is yeah. that my thoughts are constantly running. Yeah. And I've tried to stop them with meditation and this and that. It works for about five minutes, and then my brain is racing again. What I've found to be more helpful is pointing my thoughts in a positive and evolutionary direction, always growing and getting better, and just continuing to charge forward with... Uh, coming up with new ideas and figuring out this and that, and my place in the world. Uh, just constantly thinking about that. That's what fills my mind for most of the day. Also, video games. That's yeah, my yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Video games, girls, and philosophy. Yeah,
3: <laughs> man, uh, I'm gonna have to schedule a whole podcast with you to really get your backstory because you're, no you're an interesting cat, man. Um, mm-hmm. Go ahead and direct people
13: to whatever website or social
3: media or anything that you have.
13: All right. Uh, Well, I've already mentioned a couple places. Like I said, um, what is it? Uh, SoundCloud. SoundCloud.com slash Dark Machine Nation. You can also find links on there to my Facebook page. Um, uh, Basically, just go to Facebook and search Dark Machine Nation. It'll come up. Also, my personal page will come up. Go ahead and add me. I'm friendly. Um, you can find me on Twitter under the same name. Uh, just search it up. Like I said, uh, go to Google, type in Dark Machine Nation, spelled exactly like it sounds, and you'll find all of my material. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on, man. No problem. Thank you.
3: All right. What's up, guys? We're here with Kim and Nathan. What's up? How are
5: you guys Not doing? Much. How are you Good doing, man?
3: Good. So you guys are out at Lady Fest, and uh, what... what? What drew you guys out to Ladyfest?
14: Oh my goodness, uh, the amazing array of talent and ladies here. And I'm a lady and I love sporting my local ladies. That's, I mean, we're not playing, which is awesome because we get we a chance a to go off. and actually yeah. check everybody out. Yeah,
3: that, that, we, do, you guys have, do you guys play almost every weekend?
15: Uh, not really. We've been doing a thing where we try to really pack a month. As full as we can get
14: it for one band, and then do the same thing and with then the we other band. The
15: next month full with the other band. Yeah. As, much, as as many gigs as we can get. Yeah, and then we try to leave that open space that next month where we can actually writing, go out and do stuff. Regrouping, booking the next round. Of yeah, stuff, any any t-shirt art or any you know all the other things you have to do. Yeah, and you guys you guys are involved in a couple of bands. Talk talk about your bands. Well, first is, and foremost is Killed by Art. Uh, Kim and I have been recording music and writing with these guys for a long time. Uh, we've done a lot of shows in support of our album, Habeas Corpus. And uh, f- uh, for many years, our side projects were uh, lighter and more acoustic than Killed by Art. And most people thought of Killed by Art as the crunchy project. And then on the side, we had Far From Eden, which started as just Kim and
14: I. It was just a, a lot of, of fun. Just hanging out.
15: Yeah, it was like bonfire songs and covers and acoustic material that we knew that we'd pull out at a party or an open mic night or something. And we started doing that as an actual act. Yeah.
14: And it has grown
15: yeah it's totally different now
14: yes yeah. you know
15: we've added some talented musicians on our rhythm section and
14: every time you add somebody new you're adding in this whole new chemistry it becomes its own it come becomes a totally different thing yeah it just can't if if you let it if you do what is supposed to happen which is to really incorporate somebody into your group that uh you just can't help but create something new and each piece has been really interesting uh, I the highlight of my
3: time doing Gym City podcast storyteller episodes, which if you guys don't know what a, the storyteller episodes are, if this is your first time listening, we we kind of go in and I have a set outline that the artist uh, follow, and then they talk about three of their songs that I'll add later on as MP3s, and then I edit it all together. Well, you guys threw threw a wrench in that whole situation. <laughs> you guys actually brought your instruments. To Folio Design House yeah, where we that was record. A great day. Dude, you guys like were giving me chills by when you were playing.
15: Well, you'd never heard the stuff before. No. At that point, so. No. You know,
14: but the live a, performance always rings something different. Yeah. Um, it, having been doing my radio station now, which is W937 Dayton Radio. Yeah, we, I definitely want to
3: dig into that here in a minute.
14: We're doing all local stuff, but. That really helps because it uh, it's a way for you to become familiar with an artist without having necessarily any real commitment,
15: mm-hmm.
14: um, yeah, which is liberating a times as a listener. Yeah. You get to actually just critique it however you want in your mind. Uh, and you but, can seek it out or not and at that, your own discretion. Yep. And that does a really... It has its own unique purpose. But there's something about a live performance that just... You know, we've listened to Mariah Haven, for example, and we heard her here last night, and we saw her here perform last night, and I have played that for Nate a couple of times, and I'm into it. I'm like, yeah, she is so awesome, and he's like, oh, I'm not really sure, you know, like, I like like it, but but then when we came last night and he saw her perform... It has its this a energy whole different and it, it, it's its, it's, its like, own
15: creation. Its yeah. energy. He's totally yeah. sold now. He's you know, like, yeah. Uh, that's the difference between live energy. I'm glad you had some chills when we played. You yeah, know, I did. Because we were in we were in alpha wave. Mode, yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh,
14: so what you're saying about doing that live performance in the studio? Like, It's a connection. apples and
15: oranges.
14: If an artist is doing it right when they do it live, they're giving you a little bit of themselves. Yeah. And when you make that kind of connection with somebody, it's just, it's unreal. There's nothing quite like that. Yeah, you're right, But I think
15: recorded music is a way to figure out what you want to seek out live. Yeah. You hear a vibe, wow, if I like this canned on a disc. Yeah wow well well, let's see what kind of energy this guy's putting off the stage then you start looking up their page and where are they next i want to see what this person looks like yeah right cause that voice yeah that's cool that's a tool of of recorded music but it doesn't replace the spontaneous art that happens when you're in the room yeah and something happens and it's gone yeah that's it that's it's just it. mm-hmm. that, it's mm-hmm. just memories at that yeah, point. that mm-hmm. It's like a picture of a great party. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. If you were standing there and those vibrations were actually going through your body, it's it's a different energy. Yeah. Right. Do you, um,
3: what like, what, what inspires you guys as far as like writing or creating music currently? Like, what, what what's what's in your rotation? what philosophies in life are you are you digging that you're like I want to take this in, I want to pull this in
14: well Nate tends to be the main lyricist uh, for most of our music so I would have to let him handle uh, explaining his own lyrics even though I'm the one singing them I have my own perspective and that's the cool thing about music is you can get your own perspective but it'd be better if he explained
15: well, well as far as content goes Usually, Kim and I agree on a general feeling of a piece of music that yeah. I've written. You know, I'm playing something on guitar, and this I make one a feels few lonely, and just so I can work out the sections, and I just play them in a loop, and then we talk about what kind of what kind of emotion does this sound like to you? And Kim will help me. She's like, it feels triumphant, or this one section is very sad. You know, and um, but I feel like a lot of my stuff uh, when I write. I'm trying to get away from writing so obviously. I have a tendency to write in essay format, which is kind of lame. Yeah. I'm trying to be more abstract and I try not to use clichés, but it still ends up like heading, topic. Yeah. What are three things I want to say about this topic? I want to address this and this and this. And while the chorus should be some overriding subject theme. Like your subject, you know, your thesis. Yes. You should reassert your
14: thesis. And on the we course. tend to have a lot you know, of subject themes that are about uh, taking care of what we've got right now. Yeah, yeah they're, they're good themes. Yes. The
15: themes aren't the issue. Right. You know, it's just getting away from the format and being more vague so that the listener can have their own thing. Yeah. You know?
14: That may be our interpretation, but we want them to be able to have possible multiple
3: interpretations. You know, when I when I think about that, I think of a band like Tool, who, when, when you would hear their lyrics, and you could interpret it so many different ways, what right. they're talking about.
15: Yeah, that's and, some of the very best lyrics. Oh, dude. They, they tell you what it's about. Yeah. If you're intelligent, you know this is about... One or two or three things, right? And you get the tone—it's positive or it's negative. Yeah. But uh, hopefully the images are unique. Yeah. And the language is unique. Yeah. And then you can do your own thing. Yeah. You know, if it's phrases that you've heard before, over and over, the same subject verb cliché phrases, it—it it, unfortunately it just reminds you of things you've heard before. Yeah. It's not as freeing as a unique phrase and yeah. unique adjective that lets you, oh, I've never heard, you know, everyone's heard of a cloudy sky, a yeah. dark sky, yeah. a, a blue sky, but, you know, maybe not everyone has heard of the loud, bleeding sky. Yeah. Maybe, you know, maybe there's just a way you can twist it up to uh, free your listener a little bit.
6: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Now let's talk about W nine three seven. All right, W nine three seven. For anybody out there, you guys, you can stream it daily. In fact, I'll I'll, I'll put it on and then I'll hear bands like Deuterus and I'll hear bands I hadn't heard before. And as somebody who covers the Gym City podcast, and I do a segment called Izzy's Homegrown, where I try to I try to feature two different artists each time I put something up. So you encounter a lot of new artists. A lot of new artists. And one thing leads, like this band leads me to this band. This band tells me, you know, I'll interview a band and they'll talk about a band. And then I'll go checking them out. And I'm like, how come I haven't heard that band? Right. And you exactly. guys offer that. You guys offer a uh, 24 hours a day just streaming Absolutely.
2: local music.
14: It started with Music Connection and us... Really finding out that there's this gigantic pool of music here in Dayton and what we found out has kind of happened is that the scene has fractured quite a bit, uh, which is actually a really amazing thing because it has produced so much different styles of music, so many different styles of music. There is basically every genre is being covered in Dayton and if we can find that large of a pool then there's got to be some amazing talent in that pool and we're not even really we haven't even really tried to really find every artist that's playing in Dayton or make them available to everybody Um, but W937 came around in March because I added a partner and he's like oh hey let's do a radio station and I was like, okay, let's take that risk and let's just leap off. It's kind of a new move for me. but There was
15: a, an online show called Dayton Radio, but it was just out of Dayton. It, it had even less local music on it than WISO, which is a great supporter. Yeah. Uh, you know, at least we have somebody doing something, but it's still not all local.
14: Yeah, WYSO does an amazing job of, of really helping showcase the local scene integrated with more mainstream type of things and a larger audience. Yeah. Um, but we found that there's just this huge pool of music and we had to do something about it. And I wanted to listen to all those songs, but I didn't want to have to push play every time. Yeah, right. And that's that's annoying and frustrating. And that's one of the great things about music is it's there already for you. You don't have to do anything Yeah. Uh, about radio. And so we started W937. We were covering different genres. Basically, we kind of grouped them every day. So on Mondays, we're playing mostly jam and rock. And when you get into Wednesday, we're playing metal all day and heavier stuff. And uh, if you go on, we've got an easy-to-read schedule. It's really easy to find out what's going on. We are available to stream on our Facebook page. So you can sit there and surf and also listen to us. Or you can do our website, or you can do our mobile app.
15: Yeah, I run it off of my phone. Yeah, and I, I really like it when I'm out hiking. Yep. or throwing disc. Yeah, I'll I'll put it on in my pocket and put one earbud in so I can still hear the world in the other ear. Yeah, and it, I'm. You know, like radio. You know, um, something settles in and you forget it's there, and then the next song, you're like, "Hey, these are my buddies." Yeah, right. It's to no end. Or, uh, Judas, the or, or, oh, hey, this is my band. Yeah. rock. I'm on the radio. You know, in my ear. It, it's it's really cool when you uh, um, when you hear people that you know and that are your neighbors, and like you were saying. Um, having done your your and dealing with two new bands every week, you you get to think that you know all the all the quality acts yeah. in the area, right? And you don't, right? Not at all. No, I, you know I'm, I'm playing you know guitar in three bands and I've been playing for 20 years, and you kind of think you know what's going on in Dayton. And Kim started the radio station, and I found like six great new bands. Yeah, that I had to seek out and go see live. Yeah. Do they have any albums out? Yeah. Why haven't I heard of them? Yeah, right. They're from Middletown or they're from Piqua. Yeah. They're the edges of our area. So maybe I haven't run into them. That's the
14: awesome thing, too, is you don't have to go to Middletown to catch them. You can listen to them on there when you're at home for the weekend because you're taking care of your kids or, you know, you're having a party with your friends or you have some other obligation. Uh, You can still be part of that scene and find out what's happening and, you know... Buy an album.
15: Buy a t-shirt. Yeah. Go yeah, to the show.
14: You listen to it and you hear it on there and you're like, oh, well, I'm going to go buy the album, which is awesome. And if you hear something on our station that you really love, please go buy the music because that's yeah. why we are doing it.
15: Yeah. And like you're saying about familiarity, too. Yeah. If you hear a song twice on the radio and you're like, you've already got the chorus, yep. you should buy their CD. Yeah. Yeah. And then, when you have that down pat, go to a show. Yeah. Boy, a show is so much more intense when you know the lyrics. Yeah. And you know, oh, here comes that bridge. Yeah. Here comes that crunchy bridge I'm waiting for all night.
14: And some artists it's are freaking so out better. going, oh, that's why I don't do recordings. Because I don't want people to know and yes. that's not like the record. But yeah. that's what makes the shows awesome. Now, talking
3: about communities... The one thing covering Jump City Podcast that I discovered is that there were these communities that I had no idea. Uh, Two in particular that I think that when, like, the outside world hears juggalos and jam bands, Mm -hmm. there's this preconceived notion, right, of what these communities would be like. Right. Now, when you actually meet people who are in these communities... Your preconceived notion gets blown out of the water.
15: Well, I think that's you're just addressing the issue of preconceived notions. There you go. Here. Don't yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. Don't
14: You'll judge see? any book by its cover. Don't judge a band by what you hear. And uh, I'll tell you, when I grew up in the country, uh
15: huh, and I was the son of some hippies, some intellectuals, and I always had long hair. And I grew up in this tiny farming community. Where, where are you from, by the way? Well, Ohio. Okay. But I will say, when I was young, I lived in Cedarville, okay. Ohio, which is a beautiful, beautiful landscape. Yeah. But, it, you know, there wouldn't be a town there if it wasn't for a Southern Baptist college. Yeah, that's a very a conservative town. Yeah. It's a very conservative town. And to think that it's seven miles as a crow flies from Yellow Springs yeah. is crazy. And they follow the same creek, which went across our farm. Yeah. Anyway, but in my teens, I have to admit, you know, I didn't. I wasn't given any of these racial stereotypes or class war stereotypes for my parents. But what I had learned, that if you saw a gun rack in a big truck and a cowboy hat, you could expect some ration of shit. Yeah. You know, and that... It's weird how we all learn different phobias and different stereotypes. And they yes. aren't racist, they could be classist, they could be anything. Yes. But you learn that... Hey, <laughs> you know, but when you get older, the more you let your circles overlap and you run into some juggalos and you run into some metalheads and you run into some deadheads and you run into some cowboy hats, and you realize that there are A1 assholes in every group, absolutely, and there are A1 saints in yep. every group, yep. Crazy, um, but then that is the beginning of you know, um, it's kind of like music, you yeah. know. You can be a genreist and you can say, I only like heavy metal, that's the worst. Well, I, that, I, and I was like that as a child, as heavy a kid, metal. yeah. There was a time in my teens where if it wasn't distorted yeah. through Marshall Stacks, yeah, it was some blah blah blah, yeah, but you know. Um, Again, I thank my parents. They had some jazz in the house. They had some blues in the house. They had a little classical, not much. It wasn't a classical, you know, but it was... uh, But I heard rock and roll, and I heard... And when I started getting my own music, they didn't censor me. Yeah. They didn't say, oh, no, he bought ACDC and Black Sabbath and Iron Maiden. Oh, my God. You know, but I got... You know, the more you realize that... It doesn't mean you have to love all jazz. There's some jazz I hate. There's some jazz I love. There's some metal I hate. There's some metal I love. And there's a teeny tiny bit of country that I dig.
14: Yeah, I was talking I mean, to Georgia from A Shade of Red last night, and we were talking about that very same thing and how music is. As much as it can define social groups and help you uh, determine, you know, find your peers, it...
15: Self-identity.
14: It also is a representation of different emotions and different moods and feelings, and I don't always feel like metal. Yeah. But sometimes I absolutely have to listen to some metal, like right now, yeah. and it just has to happen. And then an hour and a half later, an hour and a half later, I'm listening to... Um, some just some good old rock and roll, or some blues, or uh, I'm not as big on country, but I'm probably bigger on country than Nate is. Um, I love variety, and there's you know, a, the mood that I'm in is probably going to be what determines what I'm listening to. Yeah, and so for me, having the ability to listen to all this different stuff all throughout the week is just crazy awesome. And yeah. that's
15: the real that's the real thing of W937. You know, hopefully. Um, some of our Dayton metal family accidentally listen on Wednesday, yeah, and catch some really great blues that they do, yeah. And hopefully the punk guys listen in on Thursday, and they find out that their neighbor is a really talented uh, electronic artist, programmer, yeah, or something, you know. And we have this wealth uh, of talented artists, and not just music, but you know, like here at Ladyfest visual artist, spoken word, Um, you know, it's really cool that we have Sinclair and Wright State and UD in town, and Antioch, not far, you know, and um, we're lucky here. The music, like Kim was saying, mixing your musical genres is the beginning of understanding other sociological groups. Yeah, It's kind of like people talk about travel. You really want to understand your neighbor, you know, travel abroad, experience some other cultures. Music can be that way, too, and it can be your first introduction to another culture. You know, you can be like, man, I really do not understand my juggalo neighbor. Yeah. But I like that one song. (laughs) Yeah, right? So maybe I can talk to him about that at the mailbox.
3: Well, the recently we all were at the Miami Valley Music Fest, and boy, that was a blast having oh you my set up next to us, dude! It was that such was an great. amazing time. When you know, like, there's people who have ideas of fish or the band Fish or Deadheads, and mm-hmm. they have this negative attitude about hippies or about people who enjoy jam bands, and they'll mock them and things like this but when you go to a festival like that and you actually see these bands live you see the appreciation that these fans have for them you see how great of musicians that they are and then you see the community that's built in something like the Miami Valley Music Fest and it makes
14: you want to be a part of it it makes you want to be a part
3: of it I think that
15: last bit is what ends up being the defining bit of these festivals you know, and and all genres and all styles can boast big festivals with quality entertainment and large scale events. But sometimes there's a fear and loathing vibe in the air. Yeah. And sometimes there's a peace and love and and security vibe in the air.
3: And you, in, in the festivals you've been at, you've experienced that before? You oh, didn't... every extreme
15: in between. Yeah, right. Usually it's somewhere in the middle. But yes, there have been some downright scary events I've been in in the past. Really? And there have been some truly uplifting healing events. Yeah. I would, I would say
3: Miami Valley Music Fest. Somebody mentioned that in one of the interviews I did there... That sometimes it feels like skeevy or like it feels like uh, some of these people aren't to be trusted in some of the other festivals that they would go to. Like, I don't know if I would want to leave stuff in my tent, but they said that the Miami Valley Music Fest did not feel like that. It felt like family. It felt like you didn't really have to worry about things there it,
14: and it that did. changes from event to event and from year to year too i mean i think it you have it, to trust your instinct when I mean, yeah. you get 3000 people together and you don't know those people yeah. that presents an issue for pretty much and 95% of the population and they become and oranges
15: from private events yes private events pretty much either you know them or someone you know knows them or someone you know knows the guy who knows them and you know it's kind of a circle of trust, but once it becomes a public event, really, that's you know I mean to some degree. You, yeah, you have you, to watch you out no for that. Control. It's not an invitation-only thing. You yeah, know? there are tickets for sale for whoever has 40 bucks. Yeah, could be putting their tent up next. And year. a lot
14: of things factor into your feelings about an event. I mean, it could. They, they could have been at some events and maybe some personal things happened that, True. Uh, right. you know, it can just be one sentence yeah. from someone that you're hanging with who changes your total vibe yeah, for the right. whole rest of the thing, and suddenly you're looking through at things through a totally different lens. Yeah. Yeah. A lot so, of times
15: that's a personal window, you yeah. know. You arrive feeling secure and peaceful and confident, and you leave your tent open with your BC Rich in there, and nobody messes with your stuff all weekend. And other times you arrive a little on edge and paranoid. You've had a strange week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you kind of send these things out. Yeah. You know, I mean.
14: Uh, We've been talking a lot to each other about recently about the power of thought.
15: Yeah. Well, talk about it. Let's, well, let's talk about it now. Sometimes I have a tendency. Uh, sometimes I think too hard. I tend to dwell on things and I... I put them in the back pocket of my mind, and it just kind of loops around. And sometimes that's great. If it's a new song and it's running on loop for three days, that's wonderful. I work out all kinds of and stuff. And he's
14: sending it to me, and I'm getting that energy. If it's your lover and they kind of get your general vibe,
15: you yeah. know, they learn nuances about you. It's wonderful. It's almost like an ESP. But sometimes I'm I'm like a sponge. Yeah. If I walk into a scene and it's peace and love and, and triumphant, I soak it up and it's great. Could not be better. If I walk in and it's dark and there's some drama going on over in the corner, and I soak that up too. Yeah.
11: You
14: know, and, and sometimes then he, it's, he re- it's easy to reflect that back to people.
15: Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's really crazy. Um, I don't. Know, I'm not. Uh, I'm not. Superstitious, or I'm not a spiritualist, or anything. But I definitely concede that there's a lot of things we don't know. Yeah. And the more you know about yourself, the more you realize that's true. Yeah. You know, uh, the more you you listen to your your own own internal dialogue, more than indigestion. Absolutely. Eventually, you're going to have to start listening to it. Yeah. You know, uh, the the third time you get an epiphany and it's quit doing this. Yeah. (laughs)
3: <laughs> okay, alright, I get it yeah. Yeah, The the scary thing is How many people don't get those Like, I, I think I think in my Coming across a lot, a lot of people That I've come across There's a lot of people who They don't think like, like you do They don't think Or at least outwardly They don't express that they think introspectively They take in the reality shows of the world—they take in the news. They just accept things for how well, they you are. Have to
15: be careful what you let in there. Yeah,
3: that you, stuff you rolls seem like and- a very per- a, a person who thinks deeply about a lot of things. I think there's a lot of people who don't think like
6: that
14: well yeah you have to listen to what you're saying inside your own internal dialogue it's not necessarily that's, what you're saying outwardly yeah it's what you're thinking inwardly about yourself and about what's going on around you and why that's happening and if you catch yourself constantly thinking that man i i just always feel like shit yeah and man this day is gonna suck and man my co-workers are just horrible it you're gonna give that yeah and that's the power of thought yeah. that's a,
15: And that's symbolized in almost all religions. You know, they say it in a different way. But, you know, when it boils down, when I first got out of high school, I think my college major was psychology and philosophy. Nice. And that was just me trying to figure shit out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it, it helped a lot. I, You know what I mean? Uh, eventually, I relaxed. You know, you get a little older. Yeah. You're like, okay, it's you're not going to find any answers, so chill out. Yeah, right. You know, I got into music and, and uh, language. But it is important to think about that stuff, at least to get a reference point when you encounter life, whatever. Do you, you know? do you practice
3: mindfulness?
15: I wish. Yeah? Man, I'm... I,
7: I think you you, you s- I think you love. do. I, I think sure. you do. Like I, I t- think-
3: talking to you, the times that I've talked to you and talking like hearing other people r- reference you about how like b- your friend Bob, I was Ryan. talking to him yesterday, he said he said Kim and Nathan are two of the most morally cor- correct people that, that I've been around. Like
15: uh their philosophy wow. on how what things are a, what an incredible compliment. Well that's what Bob. I was like, holy shit. And Bob that, is a cool cat and to Bob, He's a good dude, man. Like that is he's great. Right there.
3: Well, and yeah. he, you weren't around. That that's the when your friends say good things about you when you're not around. That's the true sign that you're you're doing the right thing. Boy, you're making me tear up, dude. I uh, mean.
15: Bob is a day later.
3: Uh-huh. Well, uh, but you seem like the type of person that you think deeply you you mull over things i think a lot of people shove that away and they maybe they drink themselves well, where
15: those then, thoughts aren't
3: there or they watch hey,
15: tv i do i do my fair share of self-medication and i do have a television but i try i try to think about things like that and i have a partner that i can bounce honest true thoughts off of yeah you know, some people are acting with their partner. Yeah. You know, whoa, what a waste of time. You know, we had to concede that the first month. Once we can think honestly out loud with each other, then some real stuff can happen. That's you when know. you
3: grow.
14: Yeah, Yeah, uh, because we've a, e, we, we... He's do, talking about their... We do try there. to
15: do what's cool.
4: Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah.
14: Uh,
15: you could boil it down to the one rule. Yeah. You know, I mean, the Wiccans have a sevenfold law: what you send out comes back. Yeah. You know, uh, Christians say reap what you sow. Jews say that too. What's the karma? Karma is, you know. um, But it's all saying the same thing. It's all
3: saying the same thing.
15: Uh, Try to uh, save you some pain. Yeah by not doing these things that we have realized has caused pain for thousands and thousands of years and yeah. several civilizations have risen and fallen and we still know you can save yourself some pain by, you know, doing what you what you think is cool and not adding anxiety to a crazy life. Yeah man. But I don't do that enough, you know, I still have you know, I eat shit up and I swallow it for a month until I'm going crazy. But luckily, I have the guitar thing. Oh, man, you can put that gain to 11, and you can break a couple strings, and you can sweat out all kinds of mania. Yeah. You really can. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's healing. When, when we've had terror. a stressful
14: week, the best thing in the world is to hit practice because you can... Everybody... When you're working with more than just some yourself... Um, there's this thing that happens where... this. There's this thing that happens where people's minds sync up. Yep. And they've actually done some real studies on this and found like when you get two guitarists playing together and they start playing, their yeah. brains... Right before they start playing, their brains sync up. Uh-huh. They to switch to
7: alpha
15: waves in and anticipation of... They... Uh,
3: the the band Grover talked about that when I did a podcast with them. They talked about the, the yeah. They, they talked about the drummer and the bassist said that they'll look at each other and they don't even have to they don't even have to talk it's this unspoken Mm -hmm. language that you develop
14: absolutely and that's what happens is the music becomes the language between everybody's brains that uh, we all know we had a stressful week and we all know that we've got stuff going on and when you you can just get into this mindset you're you're not thinking about any of that stuff you're only thinking about the music and a lot of people have talked to me about uh, performing, because when I first started performing, I'm actually a naturally a pretty shy person, and uh, performing has helped me become a lot more outgoing and tap more into that part of myself.
15: Kim's naturally introverted, and it it actually costs her a lot of energy dealing yeah. with people. I'm the same and way, and man. Dealing with crowds and yeah, you know, she has to expend energy doing that, where it actually. It kind of gives me energy. I steal energy from people. Yeah. But she has to, it, it takes energy it's, for her.
3: It's draining, right?
14: Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm on um, the same way. Well, and part of that is getting up there and just, you're you're giving something of yourself. Like I was talking yeah. earlier, you're trying to make this connection with people. Yeah. Um, and if you watch great artists, that's what they do. Yeah. They're up there. That You watch Jimi Hendrix, you know that you're getting all oh, of yeah. Jimi Hendrix. If you watch Janis Joplin, uh, you know you're getting all of Janis Joplin. She's not
15: holding something back for tomorrow. Uh-huh.
14: No, and uh, it takes, I have to save up for that kind of stuff.
15: Yeah, right. I saw the
3: Beach Boys and the Temptations recently at Rose Amphitheater in Huber Heights, which is a great facility, by the it's way. a new
15: venue.
3: Oh, man. Um, and the thing that I took away was, at some point, some artists are just doing it for the money and and the passion doesn't seem to be there and it seemed like when i saw the beach boys the other night it was like it was, or, or a couple of weeks ago, it seemed like the most stale, boring concert oh. I had ever
15: been to, and oh, it, I was, well, just, I was so sad about
3: that. Well, right, you have to figure that because you
14: expect a certain energy from the Beach Boys. Yeah,
15: but part of that is, is the fault of the guy standing next to you who insists on sure. hearing "Staying Alive." Yeah, you're right. Forty years later, yeah. and the the Beach Boys. You know, I'm, I might, I'm assuming a lot, and you know what they say about. Assuming. Yeah. But they may have had a new album at some point. Yeah. You think they can play any of that? No. Uh, no. Everybody no. wants to hear the hits. You're right. Yeah, You're right. You gotta hear the same crap you've been playing for 50 yeah.
3: years. I actually
14: feel sorry How for some of those fake larger that artists. After like a certain point. We were watching I Netflix mean, and watched a Metallica concert, and it was like, Okay, this is he's like 2014. It in. Yeah. Well, he wasn't phoning it in, but it was 2014 and he's still playing having to play stuff. Yeah. It's not because he's necessarily choosing it and he might be choosing it, but I think as an artist you don't want to do that. You want to keep growing and you want to keep um but
15: you hope as Metallica that you've produced something better than Kill 'em All. Oof. Yeah. You but know, when, but yeah. if you when you're still go back to kill them all, yeah. that's what you got to. You know, but, I mean, yeah. that's what their whole show puppets, is about. It's their own fault,
3: yeah, to some right.
15: degree. You're right.
3: I mean, I mean, it's it is a blessing and a curse for a lot of those artists because that is. That is how they're building their houses. Right. It's how they're take, fit, sending their kids
15: to
14: college. Absolutely. Right. And Making a better life for their family than they had. And yeah. more power
15: to anyone who can pay their mortgage oh, to yeah Oh, yeah. And, and, you know, to some degree, there's for eternity, there's been this term, a sellout. You know, and I mean...
3: Boy, when you get older, you realize how, how shallow that term actually is. Well,
15: you do, but... I mean, to be- some degree, you also realize what the real definition. I mean, I I can recognize when a band goes in and does half of the writing that they used to did on their last yeah. album. But I also can recommend I, I can recognize when a band does a Walmart commercial. Yeah, you know what I mean you yeah. still get to choose those things you get to choose which in which manner you sell out you know you know, you know am I going to take the easy way in the studio yeah. and maybe make a commercial well of course everyone's making commercial for Mesa boogie and Les Paul's but when know? you're talking about and, something but that's like not selling out because co- it's a coca-cola Les Paul and a Mesa boogie right like, but like when you get into other things mm-hmm. you know it doesn't have to be Halliburton yeah, you're right. You could choose your customers still. Well, the, it's uh, like, and endorse what you choose to endorse. Jack White. Jack White did a commercial
3: for Coca-Cola, and the Black Keys. So much flack. And, and the Black Keys, their music was played for all sorts of different products and things like that. And I, I can remember growing up, that was the biggest no-no. Uh, to the point where a group like the Beastie Boys put it in their put it in their uh, uh, their ad contract. Rock, yeah, that their music can't you be used to sell not, anything you anymore. You will not
15: sublease this to yeah. any commercial. Yeah, use. this and, yeah. and and I think that
3: because music is not the same as what it was, Mm-mm. that sometimes that commercial can be a gateway to. A, a life to be able to have for yourself Exactly Absolutely. Suddenly
15: um, um, You may think of it as an underwear commercial Yeah But I tell you if it wasn't for that under com- underwear commercial your That EDM track Would not have been heard in 17 countries yeah. Right And because of that That company plays your, your soundtrack Yeah All over the world Trying to save money Yeah you know, you know there are some serious long-term artists who have been writing and composing music for 40 years, who really, in the end, what they get into is licensing. Yeah, and they end up making marambas and waltzes and and thrash metal. And black metal and reggae and blues, and they put it all up for licensing. Yeah. And they're just hoping Sony picks up one of those for a commercial. Yeah. Because that pays for their next year you're right. of mortgages and writing whatever they want. Yeah. And, you know, so it's. um.
14: And if you get really big, if you get that Coke commercial, you know, you're lucky enough to get that. You're hoping. I'm going to take this because that might be my only chance to pay for my retirement. Well, you or look at what Jack White's doing with music. College. You I, look at like him having the, Third Man Records right.
3: and like how dedicated he is and how people look at him as
15: a rock legend at this well, point. Well, a, a lot of people have done what he's done. You know, there's it's not self-publishing is not a new thing. Yeah. And taking control of your own destiny. A, a lot of artists have done that, you know, over, over their period. It's a matter of not selling your soul outright yeah. to the <laughs> label. Yeah. But those distribution deals can be really, I mean... Even like, how else am I going to get my records in every Best Buy, yeah. east to west? So, and so people take them. But, you know, there are a lot of artists who they, i tell you what, they could care less. If they get this 30 seconds of thrash metal yeah. into one action sequence in the new Transformers yeah. movie, yeah. that's going to get played yeah. a million times. You're right. And they're going to get three cents every time. Yeah. And it just might, they just might be able to pay for their health care when they're are done and they can't play guitar anymore. Yeah. You know so,
14: so I'm gonna take this second just to interrupt you because sorry, there is there is this amazing thing happening right now as we're sitting here. Uh there's music of course coming from every corner, but over beyond us, behind our tent, is this full amazing yellow moon that is a super oh, wow. moon. And it is beautiful and it's the shadows and the clouds are coming just across it and as my partner Nate holds up his mic and lets you listen a little better to There's the music some that's happening. eastern
15: gypsy stuff coming from if, opposite the moon. If
14: you weren't here for Lady Fest this weekend, well, you just you just totally missed it, folks. Just you, letting you know, you need to get out and you need to hit up your local scene hey, last and night find was out great what's happening. Too. The weather is perfect. Last night was amazing. Tonight's amazing.
15: How late did you get to stay last night? Uh, I stayed until about 12.30. Oh, nice. It was really rocking then. Yeah, I... Uh, it's, that it, it, it's something... One of those events where the vibe builds and yeah. builds and builds and builds. Last night was great. It went from Death by Fetish to Shade of Red, then had Mariah Haven in between, and then the Chakras came out from Cincinnati. Yeah. And then there was Kelly Zulo. Yep. Man, she did this jazz uh, acoustic guitar that was mostly percussion. Freaking rock. And then with Jasper the Colossal in here inside at midnight and the vibe just built and built and built. Yeah. And by midnight it was real drunk and sweaty and yeah. the indoor stage it was really tight set.
3: Yeah, it was uh it was a fun time for sure. I uh yeah, my out, my work hours are so crazy that it's, by the time Friday comes, uh, you know, it's hard for me to stay up later or do anything. Right. But uh but yeah, let's go ahead and let people know where they can find you guys on social media and websites and where they can find the bands.
14: Sure. Um, Kill by Art, you can find us on Facebook.com slash Kill Art or at Kill And then Far From Eden, you can find also on Facebook and re- uh, Facebook and Bandcamp, Facebook.com slash Far From Eden Music and Far From Eden That's Killed by Art
15: and Far From Eden. And if you like old school punk metal, Look up the old school snag band uh, parental advisory <laughs>
16: and then for
14: music connection because I, I can't forget to forget that other baby of mine musicconnectiondayton.com, dot com also on facebook uh, easy to find and w nine three seven Dayton My radio.
15: W nine three seven
3: all local. You can stream like you, if you guys have a device, you guys have a computer.
15: I have my phone. Just I stream turn it on in my pocket. And yeah. I put one earbud in.
14: Yeah, and or we I plug it into the car afternoon. stereo. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. I plug
15: it in my auxiliary jack in the car. That's so cool. It yeah,
14: but, but it's it, on Android and it's also on Google Play uh, and iTunes. And it's so.
15: literally all genres of music. Absolutely, all genres, yeah. but. Within like 40 miles of Dayton. Yeah, very cool.
14: Yeah, very cool. Completely amazing, Dayton. You rock.
15: Yeah, Dayton does rock.
14: Dayton Uh. rocks. All right, guys. Uh, Thanks for having us. Yeah, always, always. You guys It's always a pleasure to talk to you. You always make us feel so welcome. You can't
15: see at home, but there's a vigorous shaking of hands. Vigorous shaking hands.
14: Yeah,
3: I, I. You know, I just looking on Facebook and watching what people are doing and seeing how people are promoting their area and what they care about and like I noticed a long time ago that you guys are really he- heavily involved in the local music scene and with doing doing what you're doing I mean I I used your Thanks, man. I used the music what
10: you do too dude I, fucking-
3: I you know it, it's all love but music connection date and i was going through and i had called off work because uh, i hadn't i wasn't feeling well and i did all this research for all this upcoming like okay who can i get and so i was mm-hmm. looking at all these names and it was just it went on forever and ever where it was like i could spend <laughs> days upon days
14: yeah we yes. literally have 500 bands in our directory that are current active bands in the last six months in dayton i'm getting ready to update for our fall directory which is going to have over 600 bands in yeah. it. Think so, about the
15: ones we don't even know about. No, yeah, they're out
14: there too. They're amazing singer-songwriters <laughs> and electronic artists and hip-hop artists and those seem to be the communities that don't have a lot of uh, they don't have the same places that they have their presence. Right. Uh, a lot of singer-songwriters just go out and play, and they never have a Facebook page. They yeah. don't they have never any recordings. Record. Yeah. But a lot of the hip-hop artists and electronic artist community are on SoundCloud or on um, other websites. They're not on Facebook. Um, but we still try and find those, And uh, but it's a little harder to find them on yeah. uh, those places. But that's what we're trying to do is make it easier. Yeah, but, you guys uh, are like thanks.
15: the hub. Thanks for recognizing, you know, when we have a weekend off and we don't have a gig with yeah. one of the bands, we try to get out and support local. Yeah. And we look at the calendar and we're like, oh, my yeah. God, there's 11 great things going on this yeah. weekend. I was, I do we choose? I was you know, looking at... Uh, sometimes I was, you just have to pick one and commit. I was looking at, at the list
3: of uh, bands that Blind Bob's had. On their upcoming yeah. calendar, and just going through and looking at their face, the band's Facebook page, mm-hmm. or their Reverb Nation, or SoundCloud, or anything like that, and just the amount of talented artists. I was like Abraham or uh, Abertooth Lincoln. Lincoln. Oh, yes, yeah. holy shit, those yeah. guys are amazing. Yeah, oh psychedelic, my god, like yeah.
15: hard rock,
3: dude. It's the like vault. it's like so. I'll tell so you, out there. It's a, got a we combination to, of different things going Lady on there Fest this
15: weekend. But you know, last night was Grand Mammoth at Bob's, and yeah. tonight and there is was also a metal show. Yeah. Tonight in is a night beast yeah. at Bob's, yeah. and tonight is not. You know, there's so much good stuff. There right? is. Yeah. We
14: can't catch everything there every weekend. There's no way because no. we. Outstanding
15: metal show was at the Courtyard last night. No. That's what I heard. You got to choose. You yeah, know? <laughs>
14: and the, and, the, the uh, Canal Street Presents yeah, was at Odd last night.
15: Another fit at Canal Street that had great talent.
14: And tonight is the Do or Die concert at Oddbody. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like, oh my gosh. Every die. weekend there are, um, we. that's part of our thing too because you've seen that as yeah. our Facebook group where we're trying to collect and organize local events because that was one of my pet peeves. I was like, why can't I find all the events? Yeah. Why do I have to go Something to eight different eight tonight. different yeah. websites yeah. to find out what's going on? It's just, that's insanity and nobody's going to do that. So if I can put that together, People might be like, wow, Dayton's really got it going on. And we do every weekend. There are 30-plus shows, and those are the ones that I can find. Those are not even – I mean, those are only the ones that I can find myself. Yeah. Um, but 30 shows every weekend, uh, and then you find five or ten that you actually might be interested in, and you're still missing four shows, and you're like, right. ah. Then you have to pick your top four,
15: yeah. and then you're hoping – Maybe, if the timing's right, I could hit three
3: of these. Yeah.
14: Maybe.
15: Maybe. No, yeah. no way.
14: Man, you've been Even too kind. Even the very best oh, gig. You yeah. guys are awesome. Have let us chat you up for... Yeah. Well, you, you, you guys are camp.
3: such a pleasure to come on, and, you know, I was, I wanted to... Uh, you guys are one, two of my favorite people, for one. Oh, fuck! Yeah, like, I, I love... So I, I just love who you guys are, what you guys are about. And the stuff Thank that you, you guys are putting out. And
15: well, that's mostly because it's all we're community. About the same thing. It right right right. is really. It is really. Right 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 right. it, it is really. For real. Yeah. Well, all right, well, go check like, them out. We enjoy talking to you as much without the microphones. Yeah. that You know,
3: a lot of times that is when you get the really good conversations. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. All
15: right. Bring it out with these. Yeah. <laughs> all
8: right, guys. Thank you for listening, everyone. And please go check out the Gym City Podcast at gymcitypodcast.com. Please follow Gym City Podcast on social media at Gym City Podcast and follow me on social media at the Izzy Rock. And go to theIzzyrock.com and check out my podcast. Tell us from the hard side and on the block. Please go rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher and tell your friends, coworkers, and family about it. Do you have too many
1: friends?
7: Does your community respect you a little too much? Are you tired of your family loving you?
1: Is the corporate ladder too easy to climb?
7: We have a solution for you. No, no hope, hope for,
6: for humanity. humanity.
7: Listen today and share it with your friends, enemies, neighbors, family,
1: and coworkers. Watch as everyone in your
14: life loses their hope for humanity.
7: Subscribe to iTunes and you receive new and exciting episodes every week. And then get drunk, motherfuckers.
4: (laughs) Hey, Jody. Hi, Justin. Do you like guys with beards? Um, sometimes. Sometimes? What about bald heads? Most of the time. What if there are guys with beards and bald heads with just deep rivers of blue eyes that just say, I love you? I tend to marry them. (laughs) (laughs) Now, what if they're just a genuinely good dude, too? Uh, I just friend them. Befriend them, not Befriend them. friend them. Not friend them. That sounds like a Facebook thing. What about thing? be friendly with them? Not too friendly. Not too friendly? I huh. Well, the Izzy Rock meets those requirements. He's bearded. He's bald. He's got those deep rivers of bluey, bluey eyes. You mean he's got triple Bs? Yes, triple Bs. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got a couple podcasts that he does. I knew that. Yeah. Tales from the Hard Side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On the block with his bestest friend ever, Scott Epic. Mm-hmm. And then he also produces the Gem City podcast, which is a local, like, artsy-fartsy type podcast in the Dayton, Ohio area. So... Well, who knew? I know. I, I Basically, what I'm trying to say here is he's a good guy. You should go listen to him. Give him a, a shout-out. And if you like his stuff, you know what? Subscribe to him on iTunes. Also, you can leave him a comment. Rate, review, and subscribe, people. We'd appreciate it. And so would he. Yes, yes, he would. Oh... He's a he's a dad too, so the Bad Parenting Podcast loves the fact that he's a dad. So that helps out. Dads are great. Dads are great. Two cool sons. See, good dude. Reason, good kids. We need more people like him. I agree. So yes, yes. Listen, listen to Izzy's shit. It's awesome. Agree again. All right. Well, Until next time. Bye. Bye.
15: From my
14: garden, brother.
5: Homegrown. Thank you very much. <laughs> mm. Speaking of homegrown. <laughs>
6: Homegrown is the way it should be. Homegrown is a good thing. that bell and let ring.
8: Welcome to Izzy's Homegrown segment. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this edition of Izzy's Homegrown which features two bands from the southwestern Ohio area focusing in on the Dayton, Ohio area. They could be all sorts of genres. This is also featured on Bad Andy's music request show on Wednesdays on fizzbutton.net, and I try to have all different genres. I might not be a huge fan of some of these genres, but I can appreciate the music for what it is. These days, I'm not a huge fan of, like, hardcore death metal or, uh, you know, black metal or stuff like that. It's just not in my wheelhouse these days. Uh, nothing about that music do I view as bad or less than. It's just not, you know, some people like vanilla ice cream. Some people like uh, butter pecan. It, that's how I view music at times, depending on the taste I'm in the mood for at that time. I'll try it and check it out. But these days, I have not listened to a whole lot of hardcore metal. Okay, so as I say that, I want to introduce a band from Dayton that I was exposed to from my friend Stephen Barton, who runs Red Moth Records. Uh, Red Moth LLC, you can go check that out, go Google it. But this band that I have is a band called Imbroglio Uh, I'll spell it for you. I-M-B-R-O-G-L-I-O. And Imbrolio sounds like Neurosis, Pig Destroyer, Botch, Coalesce, and Burnt by the Sun. Um, The only band I know from those is Neurosis. And actually, this is on their Imbrolio page, where they have tracks that you can go check out. But according to their bio, they are a band that takes influence from everything. They write exactly what they want to hear. They only have one mission, and that mission is to be heard forcefully through amplification. We want to take you out of your comfort zone. We want to make you fear the next note. So I've seen bands like Deicide in concert way back in the day. Uh, I've been into hardcore metal. Uh, It's just currently where I'm at in my life. It's probably the least amount of stuff I listen to. Um, just because I don't have that angst and anger that I had as a young man. And so my, through the music that I actually listen to oftentimes doesn't have a whole lot of anger in it. Um, just because that's not what I'm looking for at this point in my life. But I do love to give a voice to bands that have not been heard that are not on people's maps. And because of the internet, there's so many bands out there that why not give a, a few bands after each podcast that I record, why not give them a chance to be heard by people who might dig it? So hopefully you guys listen to, after you listen to tells from the hard side or after Jim city podcast, which I'm also starting to include some of these on here is the track from imbroglio, which you guys can go check out there on Facebook. They're on reverb nation, but also go check out red moth Uh, Records. They have a lot of cool stuff over there. Here is Embrolio from the 2014 album *The Struggle in Pursuit*, with the track *Full Speed*. So the next group I have is a group that I did a storyteller episode for the Gym City podcast for episode 97. And they're a band called Rogues. R-O-G-U-E-S. You can go check them out. Um actually go to Facebook.com or ReverbNation.com and just search Rogues Music. And Rogues is a, they were a really cool group of guys who came into the studio and did a podcast. Uh, really enjoyed these guys. Rogues have been playing together. The, the people in the band Rogues have been playing together for a while. They've known each other for a while as well. They released a self-titled EP in 2013 and then hit the studio for the 2014 release of the EP World Beater a brilliant and resurgent reminder of everything the band had pioneered and become known for in aggressive music. Upcoming years will mark the biggest chapter for Rogues, the passion-fueled, boundary-pushing monstrosity. So you guys can go check them out. Uh, Before we play them, before we play their track, here is Rogues from the Gym City podcast episode explaining the song world beater
11: this song is <laughs> just kind of about rising above the the failures of the world and society in general as far as music i mean <laughs>
7: <laughs> i think uh the one thing that we actually kind of set out to do when we uh actually started writing this is was uh we wanted something just kind of catchy just so that that main opening riff was actually something that just challenge myself with something that I just wanted very simple, catchy, and that can also be heavy as well. Mm-hmm. So when we end up kind of forming the notation for that, we just started playing around with different beats, uh, Ryan and I did, and uh end up coming up with something pretty powerful. So yeah. yeah, after that the rest of it kind of fell into place. That song really was actually the second song that we wrote. So when we actually started writing in general, this one just kind of flowed together very, very nicely. We had some uh, some old material that we actually kind of ended up throwing in there and inspired off of that. Yeah, so that, and then uh, a bunch of new drum techniques that uh, Ryan's been playing around with for the past few years, that so we actually got to incorporate in that. Yeah, trying to break into what we were doing.
16: Yeah.
7: Well, trying to do, anyways.
11: <laughs> and then with... With any of the the songs, the music's kind of established first, and then I just take take it from there and, and write whatever I'm feeling at the moment. There's never written like what do they call that, like a uh, when you have an album and it follows a certain theme. Oh, okay. I okay. just always kind of wrote what I feel at the moment. Yeah, I me and Jess are pretty
16: much right. We isolate ourselves most of the time. We write better when we're isolated, just me and him. And we'll sit there and write, uh, well, see if we can come up with something. And then if we have a lead on it, we'll expand upon it. And then if we if we feel it, we'll continue. If not, we'll can it. But we usually hang on to most of the parts that, um, that we could do or use later on. Normally, you end up finding their place somewhere in the music. Those sessions can get
7: actually pretty abstract actually (laughs) there's there's been all (laughs) sorts of different theories and now we can actually try to come up with a different pattern or uh notation or something like that i mean there was even an instance in uh, one of our former projects to where we actually smashed a beer can and threw it up in the air And just started kind of matching patterns to <laughs> like yeah, well, how we, However many
16: hits Hit the ground
7: <laughs>
16: yeah. We started off with that
7: <laughs> Turned into a pretty good song though So it worked out It's it funny how all yeah, the it was, uh, Yeah it
16: turned into a really good song Yeah, We saved the can <laughs> <laughs> we, still, we still have the can And it's got a number written on it <laughs> yeah. We refused to throw that
7: Beer can away <laughs> <laughs> Good times, uh, yeah. Usually, when it comes down to the writing process, uh, like I said, you know, or like Ryan said, we actually come up with uh, the tunes or the, the actual basics of the song, and then we'll try to structure around that. And uh, so, when it comes down to it, we'll end up just giving it a number. So, I mean, the chart in the session space looks pretty weird. So it kind of looks like a studio chart to where you actually have the the bass, the drums. Uh, the vocals and guitar and everything, and everybody gets a little X when they're finished or what have you. So it's just a whole bunch of numbers. So usually we have a, a pretty big struggle of remembering the uh, the song titles. So when yeah, you see this... Yeah, it's uh, one big list of numbers.
16: <laughs> and, like, yeah. me and him are generally the two, me and Jesse are generally the, the two that actually kind of know <laughs> all of them. Like, what do what do you want to play right now? Well, I'm thinking eight. Like, well, uh, what, what's, what's eight? Like oh, it's a degenerative process or whatever you know, whatever it might be. I'm like oh, that sounds fantastic. Okay, yeah, no. and, then, and then we'll like count into it.
11: <laughs> it's not usually that. It's it's a song that goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's,
16: it's the one. <laughs> oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah,
7: eight. Yeah, yeah I got that. It's eight. All right. <laughs> <laughs> makes it really confusing for people when they try to look at our set list after the show and stuff oh sweet you know what are you guys gonna play you know right for the set or whatever for me and the set yeah, list one. just a bunch of numbers yeah we're playing one yeah we got uh <laughs> negative numbers for like the filler in between songs and stuff for ambient stuff so negative two dangleberry yeah
16: and yeah, this yeah. and that
7: and the other
16: <laughs> a bunch of random names for us so we can remember <laughs> yeah and world beater <laughs> and ne- negative one tingleberry into world beater. That's great. <laughs> <laughs>